You're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography, design, creativity, and more, with your hosts, Dave Clayton and Alan Hess. Hello and welcome back to another episode of He Shoots, He Draws. I say another episode, it's been like forever since we've been recording on a regular basis, so it's still like doing it for the first time again. Um, But we thought we'd go straight back into it with having the most guests we've ever had on a podcast so which i like to call the editing nightmare episode <laughs> but luckily luckily our guests tonight are in the same room so i think that's going to make life easier um as long as we don't mess up so um good evening kirsten and nick from the camera shake podcast Woo! how's it going <laughs> well that's very enthusiastic yeah, that that's, was... <laughs> that's how we roll it's almost american <laughs> um and obviously, Alan's here as well. So, hello, Alan, San Diego. But that's a given. It's me and Alan. Um, just, I'm going to give it my intro to you, and then I'm going to ask you guys to give your intro. So, I'm not, I'm not going to blow smoke up their backsides. Sometimes there are people in the industry you don't know about, you've never met, you have nothing to do with them, and then by some sheer chance you get to meet, and when you meet, you feel like you've been mates forever. Um, these guys, they're still like total strangers to me, but no. <laughs> but no, we met at the photography show and obviously I'd been on your podcast and we kind of got to know each other beforehand. And I've got to say, you two were just like, it was so cool meeting you. And I said to you, it felt like I already knew you both. Yeah. And, and I think that comes across in the way you do your podcast as well, is you're so likable and knowledgeable and enthusiastic about what you do that I'm not surprised you get the guests that you get, the, the guests that you get. Um, so that's me blowing smoke up your ass. <laughs> now you introduce yourself. <laughs> that's, that's really nice of you to, to say. And, you know, when we start feeling the same way about you, we'll, we'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please do. <laughs> I, was hoping that, but I was hoping that by getting that McDonald's delivered to you by... Uh, hey. would be a starting gift. I've been working since 8am. It's yeah. now 8.40 oh. and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we podcast so, in stylus, is it? Yeah. Let everyone know who you are. Well, what you're about. I am Kirsten Nuts, and uh, my co-host Nick Kirby is right next to me. Uh, together, we are the Camera Shake Podcast. Um, we've been we've been podcasting, but actually, well, we're, I think I guess we're still relatively new to the podcasting world. I guess. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty you started. Too. Yeah, yeah. So we've um, so we yeah we just recorded episode ninety six. So I guess we're not total greenhorns anymore. That's good. I mean, we mm. we said in the very beginning when Glenn and I started it. The mat, kind of the the wall for most new podcasts, because obviously the podcasting world has just like exponentially gone. <laughs> um, we were like, if you get past eight episodes, you've done well. A lot of people who are like, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. It's going to be great. That's another thing I'm going to do. And then like after episode six, it's like, well, I subscribe to you. Where have you gone? And then they get distracted, like another shiny thing. Yeah. So lads, look, ninety six episodes is brilliant you know to con- and and i will go into this little like in the episode because we're going to talk about what you do mm. we only do audio i mean you guys do video which is a whole other level of commitment that i'm not prepared to spend any amount of time <laughs> on nor us. yeah no one wants yeah to see we're us. like a- if someone found us on the back of a slow moving train across the midwest of america we'd look at home in the back of that wagon we're just like two hobos recording 
and bluffing our way through. I mean, if but, our YouTube stats are anything to go by, then the same thing appears to be true for us. <laughs> so. But but like I say, anyway, you like you're putting in the effort, and I've like got a real big thing about people who it doesn't matter about the numbers it's the fact that you're yeah. doing it and you're doing it consistently and we've got a mutual friend that we're going to get on the podcast because i admire the the work ethic of this guy which is dave williams mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Sure. If, if ever you want to say to someone name me a bloke who said he's going to do something and like do it a hundred times more than you thought he would mm. dave williams so anyone who starts a podcast and sees it through and you know maintains or increases quality mm. plus you're you know you're recording audio and you're doing video you know i take my hat off to you because well, you know two people it's you know, it's hard enough you know us being eight hours apart and you mm. two are quite close so getting that schedule going and and obviously keeping it going you and you obviously started during covid as well so you were a lockdown podcast yeah i mean so we, what was for, what was the that reasoning for like hey let's do this i mean for us it was simply a matter of self-preservation really i mean you know the the thing is at the beginning of the first i mean at the very beginning of the pandemic the, you know the first lockdown here over here in the uk happens of late march yeah yeah exactly yeah. and so you know for us um you know, there was a day, literally, where my phone didn't stop ringing and, and all the projects I had lined up got cancelled virtually on the same day, you know. Yeah. And um, and so I'd just come back from shooting a, um, a conference in uh, Budapest. And, you know, and I remember, like, on the last day, you know, the last night before we had to catch a flight, you know, we, we and me and the whole team were sitting we're sitting in a bar and we're thinking like this, you know, this is going south rather rapidly. This might actually be the last time we see each other for quite a long time. Um, and this just turned out to be true, you know? Um, and so, like I said, you know, literally within, within a day, um, a lot of the projects that we had lined up just went out of the window. Um, you know, and we, I think Nick and Nick and I, we did the same thing that most people did. You know, we watched a lot of Netflix and we did the Marvel movie marathon, you know, and <laughs> and all of that sort of stuff, you know, and, and probably like a couple of weeks in, you know, we, we were like FaceTiming every day and we were talking about you know, camera stuff and photography stuff and like video stuff and all that, you know, usual stuff that we talk about every day, all day anyway, um, you know, and we were on, we were on a FaceTime call or something and... You know, I was at my wit's end because I just, you know, it's gotten to the point where, you know, I wake up in the morning and I didn't know what day it was anymore. And then, you know, a week after that, you'd wake up in the morning, you didn't know what day it was and you didn't give a damn anymore, you know. Like uh, every day was the same. And, you know, the kids were, were home from school because the schools were shut, you know. And I just, you see, and I, I had a different experience than that because yeah. I, I live on my own. Yeah. Yeah, and so we got shut down, and I, I was literally just on my own at home. I don't do very well on my own for too yeah. long. I go a bit weird, uh, weirder, okay. sort of weirder. Just before you weirder. get there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so it was. We, we were just on a call, and we'd had this idea a while ago, hadn't we? Yeah. So I mean, probably six months prior to that, we were just like throwing ideas, you know, back and forth, and we were like. You know, it was this sort of thing like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we started a podcast, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and then life gets in the way and stuff's busy and this and then the other, you know. Um, and anyway, so at that point, 
you know, we're talking, and you know, we both were like, oh, we've got to do something. Like, we've got nothing on. Like, every day is the same. As much as I love my kids, but they really get on my kids. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, and um, and so we, we, you know, we just thought we have to do something. We have to do something creative because I'm dying here not doing anything. Um, and so we thought, like, hey, what, you know, do you remember this thing we were talking about, you know, um, this idea of starting a podcast? And, you know, we thought, like, okay, well, sounds like a good idea. It's something to do. Why don't we just do that? You know, and then the next thing is, of course, you start to figure out, like, how do you actually do this? Like, how do you, how do you make a podcast? Like, where do podcasts even live? Like, how does this whole thing work? Like, how, like, you know, no idea, zero idea. And so we're, we, we're still not sure. Well, it's, yeah, it's, we're still figuring it out. I just send audio files to Dave. Yeah. Hey, listen, listen, guys. Done is better than perfect. Well, exactly. Oh, right? Someone's <laughs> done his research. Yeah. So I mean, you know, for us, I mean, literally, you know, we—it's one of these things. You know, when you when you try to overanalyze something, it's really easy to talk yourself out of an idea. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we were on this call for a good couple of hours. You know, we're like trying to figure out how to how to make a podcast. And every time you know you come up against a problem, and you kind of go, okay, well, and then it's this to figure out, and then we've got to work out how to do this, and like you know, and about two hours in or something, I just said, look, screw this. It's Friday today. We're going to record our first episode on Monday at 4 p.m. What are you doing on Monday at 4, Nick? And he goes like, well, nothing. Oh, that's thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, stuck in my apartment. That's it. You know, and so we basically just went, okay, well, Monday, 4 o'clock it is, and we got to figure it out between now and then. And so, you know, we, I think we realized that, you know, you just have to get started, and you'll figure stuff out along the way. And so we... You know, we call the first episode "Done is Better Than Perfect" because that's really that was our motto, absolutely, and still is. Mm. You know, we just had to get it done, and you know, and the the hope was that by the time we'd get to episode ten, you know, episode ten would be better than episode one, and then episode and twenty, so, would someone be, would listen by then. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the <laughs> other thing. You know, and then episode twenty would be better than episode ten, and episode fifty would be considerably better than episode twenty, and blah blah blah, and so on and so forth. You know, and um, and so we just, we just went on this journey, you know, from, from the start. Um, and then of course the thing about video is, you know, for us, I mean, you know, I'm a predominantly a stills photographer and Nick's a cinematographer. So, or a videographer. And so it was sort of natural for us to, to film the whole thing because we've got cameras and we've got all this stuff, you know, we've got gear. So why not use it? Um, and, and we literally had nothing else to do. So the whole thing about, you know, putting in the time to edit and stuff wasn't really an issue actually at that point you know um well <clears throat> because we had the time it wasn't an issue but you mm. can you can imagine your first few podcasts is an awful lot more editing that happens yeah, than uh, sure. a little bit down the line and the time to edit just reduces week on week and now yeah. i don't we don't cut it I, there's never any edits now no, no we don't know anything <laughs> none <laughs> actually we don't we i do very little i mean i i'll maybe only the odd time Alan's dogs might come running in, and even a couple of times I've left then, or it, Alan's in the flight path of San Diego Airport. Mm. <laughs> so generally, if the guest is talking and Alan's mic is on, yeah. I'll just drop some yeah. audio out. Yeah. But it's only really been a couple of times I've thought actually I'm going to edit that. I didn't. I didn't mm. really make myself very clear the way I said that. I've actually re-recorded sections and dropped them in to kind of make what I said clearer. Yeah. But generally, I just kind of line the clap up and then scrub to the end and put the yeah. outro on 
and yeah. upload it to Simplecast. Yeah. I mean, the thing, you know, if yeah. we were to edit anything, anything that we set on a podcast, it would basically mean that we'd have to listen to it. And, <laughs> you know, and, and I know it's horrible, isn't it? Yeah, and the reality is, you know, sometimes our episodes, you know, especially when we have guests on, you know, it can be up to two and a half hours long. I don't want to listen to two and a half hours of, of my <laughs> own waffle. I mean, you know, we, so, we listen to you, Dave. Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah thank but, you. Well, I, I knew when you were where you were going with starting the podcast was you'd obviously heard he shoots, he draws and thought, we want to be like those guys, but can we achieve like the pinnacle of that? Oh, perf- that, that exactly. Can we get that perfection early yeah. doors? I mean, the thing. So yeah, I mean, the thing for you know, the thing for us, obviously, the, you know, the the initial idea of starting a podcast, you know, of course, there was an element of you know, you know, I was listening to podcasts and Nick was listening to podcasts. You know, we're listening to obviously to photography related podcasts because that's you know that's what we do, um, and and all sorts of other themed podcasts. Yeah. You know, and so the this the the whole medium of a podcast, um, you know, I'd realized that in my life, it, your podcast had replaced the car stereo or radio. <clears throat> you know, yeah. because it was just a thing that where you can listen to what what you're really interested in on demand whenever you want, wherever you want. It's um, the Netflix of radio. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, it became it became like an attractive medium anyway, and so it wasn't really you know it wasn't a million miles away from us actually starting a, a podcast because it's you know yeah it, it it came together quite natural naturally um i think you know once it was funny actually because what once we got started it you know it very much it very quickly became this thing that gave our week structure yeah. like you know you gotta remember this was literally at a time when every day was the absolute same there was no difference anymore yeah. between weekends or sundays or like weekdays it all just merged into one thing and that was the most important thing was it it wasn't yeah. actually about oh we'll get a podcast yeah we'll get loads of listeners we'll do I that that had nothing yeah. to do with it we did it because we wanted to do it and we wanted to do something creative something fun yeah. and keep ourselves sane and yeah, yeah and that's a big thing and yeah. If if we happen to pick up a few listeners and people enjoyed listening to what we did, great. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's, great. And that's still how we think about it today. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, like for us, it really, especially in the beginning, it was almost like a mental health type of a yeah. type of a thing because we, you know, it, there was this. You know, we had, I remember this conversation that we had where we like we had no idea what day it was. Like I'd call Nick and be like, "Hey, you know, what day is it? I have no idea. Is it like?" Hmm. And he'd be like, "Oh, it's Tuesday. Really? I thought it was Sunday. Oh, how weird." Yeah, you know, and so. What we then decided to do was we decided to uh, record on a Monday and then release on a Thursday. And so the the week then became structured, you know. On a Monday, we knew we had to record something. Then on the, then we had to edit it and get it out and whatever. And then on the Thursday, go out. And then we'd already start planning for the next episode. So it was just, it gave us this weekly cycle yeah. um, and structure. And so it actually made both of our lives, you know, a lot easier. And, you know, I'm saying this, I mean, I have, you know, I have three kids and, and, and a wife. So at least, you know, I was stuck in a house, but at least I wasn't on my own. I, I still had human interactions. Whilst yeah. for Nick, yeah. you know, I mean, just, I guess it was probably very similar for you guys, but, you know, Nick was literally stuck in his apartment, like, mm. you know, without being able to see it. I think your mom was the only person you sort of got yeah, to see. Yeah, she, you know? she'd pop to the front door and mm. say hello and vice versa and whatnot. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's it. It sucked. It yeah, sucked. really sucked. I oh, bet it did. I said I bet it did. I literally yeah. had it the best. I mean, other than the fact that all my work disappeared in uh, like a four-hour span of time and, you know, everything went down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, my wife ended up working from home and we have two dogs. And so I set up her offices in one room, mine's in the other room. Um, 
it was just the two of us, which is wonderful. <laughs> Everyone else left us alone, mm-hmm. which is even better. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, the, the podcast really was a sanity thing, uh, especially those episodes uh, towards the middle and late end of um, mm-hmm. 2020. Because, I mean, if it wasn't knowing that I had to sit and record for Dave, the day drinking would have just gotten right out of control, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It was bad enough. I mean, it's yeah. noon here, and I'm uh, already on my first bottle. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Coke right now. And the COVID, ti- the COVID timing with Alan was, like, for us, was kind of an opposite thing because Glyn and I had already started – very similar beginning to you it's like look we're we're chatting for hours on end and we are taking the piss out of different things of the industry and (laughs) laughing about stuff and discussing it and i'd already started doing another podcast and i'd I'd previously worked on a podcast years before so i sort of enjoyed the medium because i don't like being on camera so when Glenn and I started, it was very much the same thing. It doesn't matter what the first one sounds like because we haven't got a million listeners from day one. We're lucky if like sure. two of our mates and our mum might listen. Yeah. So it's kind of like you say, get the first one, get it out and learn. Okay, timing, did this. Glenn was doing all the editing very early on. Um, he probably did more editing and I did all the marketing. So I did all the branding and the uploading and paying mm. and getting, you know, everything, getting guests. And Glenn was editing. And amazingly, like, we just got right out the gate really well. Like, the mm. numbers were phenomenal for a small podcast. And then we got sponsors straight away, mm. um, which was kind of a bit of pressure because then you've got to suddenly start having good guests and getting the numbers. And it and it was quite stressful because we suddenly, we didn't have time to, to like, work into it. Um we were kind of really like going super fast. So when COVID kind of, when we got to that early part of 2020, Glyn had already started to kind of have other things going on and was back in a way. And I'd started doing more editing and I Mm. found I was doing more of the podcast, which is like no disrespect to Glyn because he was doing that three, nine, four, five portraits project. Mm. He was trying to move house. He had other work stuff going on. And it was kind of coming to a natural conclusion that when COVID struck, that was at the time where kind of Glyn couldn't commit to it anymore and was the perfect time for Alan to join. Hmm. And it, and I would say, like, season one is me and Glyn. Season two is me and Alan. Yeah. And, it, and for me, I felt a change in it. Because um, I don't want this to sound anything negative to Glyn, because it isn't. But... The the dynamic changes because mine and Alan's relationship is different to mine and Glenn. Like, Glenn and I travel together. We room together. Mm. We've done everything together for ages and ages. Whereas it gave me and Alan a chance to just spend a different kind of time together um, and and chat. I mean, we were chatting anyway. We we would have two, three-hour conversations regardless of the podcast. So COVID was sort of... Like Alan said, it was his his industry stopped, mm. um, and I've really enjoyed it because we had no sponsors. <laughs> we could record at our own pace. We could put an episode out whatever day we wanted. It was really like, look, we've got a really good loyal listener base. I've never had a single email saying, "Oi, where was the episode on Monday?" <laughs> Maybe a couple of social media, like, "Oh, you guys got an episode coming out soon." 
but no no one's like ever really lost any sleep over us not recording and we were able to take breaks and we were able to kind of relax and enjoy it more so yeah and obviously looking at your content and you've done 96 episodes and I was looking back through it's it's a little bit inspirational for me because even though we've Hmm. been doing it longer the thing the trap we fell into was interviewing people all the time and really what I enjoy about your podcast is I love the topics that you do so you talk about a specific a specific thing between you and your thoughts and theories and, and feelings about it hmm. whereas Alan and I haven't done as many episodes of that so I know the show needs a shift in that we need to keep we need to step away from always having photographers on and obviously designers but we want to spread out a little bit more hmm. and have more people connected to the industry but not necessarily the same people and then and then talk about the topics you know talk about things that we've got an opinion on have you have you found you get kind of from a feedback point of view do you get much feedback from the shows on anything specific that you've done good or bad we've been getting a lot of feedback recently actually on when we've included behind the scenes related content Mm -hmm. Whether that's okay. us in, you know, uh, we've we've done an episode where we've been in, you know, we've been in London, we've been on in, uh, a shoot in uh, an office shoot recently yeah. that we did some stuff for as well. Um, we had the Dave episode um, where we did a lot of stuff with him, and we get a lot of positive feedback on that because that's that everybody likes behind yeah, the scenes. Likes behind the everybody yeah. likes to feel part of whatever the process. So, yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah. And actually, it's that voyeuristic style yeah. that just really, really works. And I, I love that co- kind of content. I love that. And, and we want to do more and more of that this year. Yeah, and you know, I remember actually when we were when we were at the photography show, uh, I remember, you know, hanging out with you and with, you know, Tommy Reynolds um, and, and Dave Williams and stuff. And, you know, and everybody kept telling us, like, you guys should do behind the scenes stuff, you know, because people are really into that. And we were like, uh, yeah, okay, well, sounds like a good idea, and blah, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and what, what has been interesting, really, is literally, you know, we have, we have people getting in touch with the show going like, you know, oh, it's really awesome to see you guys in action. Because, uh, of course, I mean, it makes sense. They see us or, or listen to us talking about subjects, but, but then, you know, actually seeing us on a shoot, for example, I can see how that could be, like, really interesting, especially once, you know, you, you know, I mean, I guess some people are probably not too dissimilar to myself, you know, where when, when you like a podcast, you keep listening to it, you know, for a considerable time. And yeah, I can see how that's, how that would be interesting. So I think that the penny has dropped for us that, you know, behind the scenes is, is something that's, that's, it sounds like a good idea. And of course, that's really easy to do with video, which, so the fact that we're doing a video version as well as an audio version, um, you know, plays to our advantage because people can literally see us, Mm. um, and so, because what we have found is that that as, as far as our sort of podcast audience is concerned, of course, the vast majority of people listen to podcasts on audio because that's sort of that's where the medium right. is. Yeah. That's the yeah. sort of home. Um, and YouTube isn't exactly the platform that people would look for for podcasts. So the people that come across us on YouTube they probably come across us by chance or they check us out because we waffle on about the fact that there is a YouTube version, you know, on the show. And then maybe some people might want to go and check it out or whatever, you know? Um, 
and so really our podcast is 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 sort of much more successful on audio than it than it is yeah on youtube definitely. and of course then you know the, the next thing is like okay so since we are on that platform anyway you know let's come up with some kind of idea as to how we can actually utilize that platform better and actually behind the scenes is is just the thing that that of course works much better on youtube so it could i just, love behind the scenes yeah. stuff so it could just be the thing that you know we're um we're sort of adding to the whole camera shake you know family of things that we do um and so our plan for 2022 is definitely to to uh, add more behind the scenes content for sure yeah so i've got two questions hmm. one how much planning ahead do you do for the podcast you can pretend you do but i'm genuinely interested and secondly is how do your like you obviously said your your youtube channels i've got it on my monitor above like your thumbnails are great you, you've got great content on there i love the the way you have the green background you have the topic like i know exactly what i'm gonna hear about when i see it mm. how do those like how do those numbers correlate to your listening is it is it a big difference because i you know, I can see here the views you've got, and some are better than others. Um, but you've got a body of work there. So as you grow and build and people go back, they can go back and they'll start watching more. Mm -hmm. They'll start listening to more. I sometimes, on the audio, I mean, I can have a week where I'll get more listens of old episodes than I will of a current episode. And we can get like 500 in mm -hmm. the first week on an episode. And I go in the stats and go, oh, blimey, yeah, I've done really well. But then you go back and see people are still like listening to the really old yeah. episodes. Yeah, it's the body of work thing. I think that's that's the important part. Um, you know, you've got to really, you know, you've, you've got to create a body of work. And, it, you know, if, and then when people get interested in the show, they might then um, look at other episodes and other things, yeah. you know. And I know this for myself. I mean, whenever I find a new YouTuber or something, you know, um, or I find a video that's, that I think is really interesting, I will automatically, naturally look for more content that's, you know, by that particular channel or that particular YouTuber or whatever, because it just seems like an interesting thing that's caught my interest, you know. And, and of course, that's, you know, that happens. And your chances of that happening when you have 100 episodes out or 200 episodes out is is much higher. And, you know, we can see that in the statistics. And we really don't actually pay a lot of attention to our statistics at all. Um, in I fact, in the beginning, in the beginning, it was like, I love, st I love statistics because I'm a marketing person. So it wasn't from an ego point of view. It was more mm -hmm. of a, is this worth it? <laughs> like, yeah. where are these people coming from? Where are they finding us? Yeah. Why? What? What? What episodes are responding better than others, and why? So and the, we the do thing more of that? for us was like, I think in the very, very beginning, we were totally overanalyzing stuff. We were like thinking, like, oh, how do we have to structure it? What's the perfect length for a podcast and all that kind of stuff, you know? And I'd be like, God, he's going on about it again, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> exactly. And because just like you, you now I have a marketing background too, so you know, this is exactly the kind of thing. And I like. You know, I, I like analyzing stuff, but, but, you know, for us, we really started this entirely for ourselves. And, you know, like if, I don't know, with the first episode, we, we had, let me, let's say for argument's sake, we had two, two listens. Yeah? One was Nick's mom and the other one was probably my mom. And I was, yeah. that was it. And my wife still to this day hasn't listened to an episode. <laughs> so there you go. Thank God. I don't think, my, I don't think my wife has either. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, so it was more like... The, the numbers didn't matter because it worked for us, you know, because of the situation that we were in. And so, um, so all of that is this sort of 
you know the statistics kind of the statistics came into it when on on our uh, podcast host uh, host platform there's a there's a world map yeah and you can you can have like there's little yellow dots popping up wherever somebody is within a, i don't know within like a hundred mile radius or whatever it is um and you can see where somebody's been listening to your podcast and that was really that that became really fascinating for us because yeah. all of a sudden you'd, you'd have somebody in like illinois and you'd be like illinois like yeah. what the hell <laughs> you know but someone in kazakhstan's just listened to the podcast yeah how did they find us like yeah that? and then you know then you have somebody in like i don't know tel aviv and then you go really tel aviv they listen to us in tel aviv that's weird you know and and stuff like that and so that became a thing and i think early on in particular we we really made a, a thing about that we would actually call people out on the show we'd say like you know oh we just had a new listener in like winnipeg you know if that yeah. is you get in touch with us because we would love to hear from you you and know they did. and they did and yeah. so oh, all of a brilliant. sudden you know you you start talking to people and you start kind of figuring out you know um what they're doing like when they're listening um to the show and you know people say like stuff like oh you know every third because we release on a thursday so every thursday morning i get in the car and it's the thing i listen to on the way to work and you kind of wow that's that's the, really cool there's you know? nothing more motivating than actually hearing from someone who does listen to you yeah, yeah. no matter what they're saying it doesn't really matter yeah, yeah. Uh, but it just hugs oh, they actually enjoy it great it makes it worthwhile another one yeah it makes it worthwhile yeah. you know and and it's good to give me a shout out it's on the flip side, I said to Alan, because we recorded an episode last week that I forgot to edit and put out before this one, yeah. um, because we say that we've got you next. So, so I, because <laughs> I, I never say that we've got a guest coming up in case I jinx it. But on this one, it was like, no, I'm saying who we've got next. So right. they're definitely on. Is we did a two-parter episode. We had a big catch-up, and it was kind of we split it down the middle. Mm. And in the second episode at the end. I said, look, if you've stuck with us this far, and and weirdly the numbers like the numbers were, were pretty decent compared to what we used to get because mm. no one was commuting and people started commuting again, so we noticed mm. a little bit of a spike. Mm. But it was just to make sure, like you say, as long as you can see someone's listening, great. It means it's working. Mm. But I said, look, if anyone out there's got this far, I've still got some t-shirts left. He shoots, he draws t-shirts. Um, I've got an XL and I think I've got a medium, I think it was. And and I said, so if, because if, I said, oh, with one for a man, one for a woman. I was like, oh, no, I can't say that anymore. Like one for a big person, one for a small person. <laughs> you I was can't like, say the small first, person anymore. Is the it first time beans, I corrected myself on that. And I was like, okay, I've got a big T-shirt and a small T-shirt. If you're a big person, you can have XL. If you're a small person, you can have a small one. Um, all you need to do, is just email me at podcast at he shoots he draws dot com and just say hello. Tell me where you are. Just say something. Um, re- reference something in the episode. That's all you have to do, and I'll send you a t shirt. I've still got both those t shirts. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, like people listen to the episode, and nobody even like nobody could even just to get a free t shirt. Send an email. So when you get stuff like that, it's like this is really weird. Like you're listening but you're not taking part and i'm yeah. trying to give away something free yeah. and and even now like you know the t-shirts are still there if someone emailed us i'd give them a t-shirt uh, but maybe just I'm, email, I'm your, email you email you right yeah, yeah. yeah. apart <laughs> apart from you uh, <laughs> but so, 
but kind of the art to offset that what's lovely is when you get those messages on social media where somebody just goes like hey love the episode that was really cool you mentioned this and and I do love listening to podcasts where I start to join in the conversation forgetting I'm not on a call with them because you're going yes yes totally agree with you Mm. so i i kind of hope we give those moments and then when somebody comments and just says like one small thing it's like Mm. actually do you know what it doesn't matter that i was trying to give away something it what matters was this guy listens every week and he always comments and he always says something and so he'll get you know i've I've sent stuff out before but just that that one person just makes you think good i created something that gave that guy an hour's entertainment today he might have only listened for the first five minutes and gone, "Oh, this is shit." <laughs> but... well, see, uh, the thing is, you know, I mean, for us, it was it was like, you know, we because because we we started this whole thing during COVID and we're really cut off from the outside world, you know. Um, it, I mean, the first time we were let out was was pretty much the photography show. That was like the first big event yeah. that we yeah. went to. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, we we walked up to the cannon stand. And like the head honcho at Canon turns around, clocks me and goes, you're that guy from the podcast. And we're like, what? You, what? what? Me? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and it's like, you're like, what? And he goes like, oh yeah. You know? And so I said like, oh, we're just here you know, to ask you a few questions if that's okay. And he goes like, oh yeah, yeah. I've got half an hour. Come on. Yeah. Do you want to check out oh, the, brilliant. the new R3? It was incredible. Yes, we want to. Please. Thank you very much. Take it outside. Yeah. It, it was, was incredible. You know, so, um, so I think it sort of dawned on us then that there may be some people listening to the show, you know, and, um, and, and really, you know, and also, I mean, the other thing, of course, was the photography show for us was like a big thing because, because we, we met so many nice people and, yeah. and, and Dave. one person, not so nice, maybe. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, we met, no, I mean, met was, so many was, nice people phenomenal. and Dave. <laughs> it was just phenomenal to actually, to actually, after all this time, you know, and after the whole like, pandemic and stuff to just like, to meet people you know face to face in the flesh it was just like it felt i mean i don't know i don't know about you dave but i just felt there was an a hang on a sec on my i desk. still got it yeah. it's, it's, it just sits to the right <laughs> of my computer but i had to get oh, beyond the ipad to get it i left yours on some table at the photography show i've got two hundred thousand of them so, no, so no, what it's not true. but the photography yeah. show is by far the best thing i've done in the last Two or three years, yeah, or more. Sure, yeah. yeah it was, so was fantastic. That was so much fun. Yeah, the, the uh, you know, you you can fluff this up as much as you want, but the truth is, I've never met a bunch of people as nice, yeah, and as friendly and as welcoming and as accommodating as everybody I met at that show. Yeah, I, it's just unreal. I want to get Alan over. I just yeah. wish, oh, but I think that's true generally in in the photography um, and videography. You know, ecosystem i mean mm-hmm. when i first mm-hmm. went to adobe max a couple of years ago and and you know i'm just a photographer i kind of use adobe products on the side but my main thing is literally you know pressing the shutter release button i don't um i like software and i have a degree in computer science and all you know but i really just like taking photographs but everyone i met there all these you know creatives for lack of a better you know general term were amazingly accommodating and friendly and wanted to share stuff mm. and just like you're part of this community and i'd seen that at photoshop world but it was smaller and then i'd you know adobe was 
I think the Adobe Max now has an attendance of uh, a million and a half, or wow. like per day. Really? I think it goes up by a million every day. At least at least a hundred thousand people every hour. It's like a crazy number that they throw out randomly. Um, but literally, you're sitting in a room with four or five thousand people listening to um, someone talk about their career. Dave Grohl was one of the guests last time. I mean, unbelievable just to hear awesome. about the creative process. Um, and like Shyamalan was a guest, um, you know, just to hear about how they were doing. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Quentin yeah. Tarantino one year. You know, yeah. it's just, so you're sitting there surrounded by a lot of people who are really into the same thing you're into, and you're not in competition with them. It's, it's not this like, I've got to get better, so you have to stay worse. It's like everyone tries to be better <laughs> together, which is a really interesting, um, yeah. you know, experience to have it's, it's just a, yeah uh, so i'm kind of looking forward to the photography show i got to get out to london when it's actually happening because i have lots of reasons yeah, to September. get out there i just need to time it right i have a bunch of family who lives out there so oh really yeah. cool yeah it's a sept- september again isn't it, it is september september yeah. i mean i've worked there uh i mean i've got a history going back with future that it's you know it's all based around networking friendship communication stuff mm. and i got that gig uh i i visited the, the first one they did and already knew some of the guys there and i've pre- i've been to the previous event focus which i like, was dying on its ass i mean the last one mm. i went to was like a funeral it was really awful <laughs> right. um and then the photography show took it over and it was all fresh and new and completely different and i'm not a photographer you know i just go because my friends are photographers and you know, I can go with no money and come home satisfied. I, I don't feel like I have to buy any gear. <laughs> it's just they are good people to be around. And as a graphic designer, when you tell people, when they go, oh, what do you shoot? I go, I don't, I'm a graphic designer. And then they go, oh, I need a graphic designer. <laughs> um, so so the second year was the year I started working for them. I've worked every year since. Mm. And it is like one of the best weeks of, of my year. Yeah, Just the meeting guys like you that people come along and say hello and i you know managing the stage so i get to meet guests and like fell in love with tommy reynolds what a nice what one of the nicest men i've ever met um (laughs) and he's going to be on the show as well i know you've already interviewed him Mm. but like i get to meet people for the first time um there's one or two divas kicking around that you know they stick out like a sore thumb but 99 percent of the time People come up, they say hello, you chat. All right, it's difficult this year because there was no like weird hugging and you know masks on and everything. But I just love the vibe that you get because the all the vendors great. are great, all the instructors mm. are great, all the staff are great, and and it is kind of people meeting up over at the hotel and all going to the bar and mm. it's just such a lovely show to be around. I almost wish I yeah. was a decent for. No, I'm a good photographer. I'm a crap camera operator. <laughs> <laughs> but but as an industry, like I, I've said loads of times before, photography to me is like music and football. I I love it, but I don't have to do it to enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can just enjoy it as a, a as a kind of a, an like someone looking in, and I'm just glad that with my experience, I've managed to meet and be around some amazing photographers yeah. you know not what feel intimidated yeah. but you know what i found really interesting about the about the photography show was that um you know you i mean normally you as a as a photographer you're surrounded by this much gear you, as you said i mean you you would naturally spend a lot of money right um but for me 
this year was not about the gear in many ways. It was about the people. Yeah. You know, I think the, you know, the, the atmosphere for me was just, it was electric because people hadn't seen each other for two years because, you know, the previous year, the show got, well, didn't get canceled, but it went online. Yeah. And so it was the first time in like two years that people actually met each other again face to face. And there was such an electricity in the air about that, you know, that what, we were just what, do you buzzing. Remember when, um, when, well, when, we first, when we arrived, we were just walking up and you, you passed one of the hotels before going into the, the arena, right? And um, we, we'd spoken to Tom, Tommy Reynolds, yeah, obviously Several multiple times, times on yeah. the podcast and mm. off, you know, offline and whatnot, a lot over you know many many months. And just out of nowhere, we just heard he just heard the camera shake podcast, <laughs> like, yeah, we screaming, out, and it's Tommy Reynolds over there, and he yeah. runs over and gives you a massive hug. <clears throat> and that was pretty much. The that kind was, of experience that was our opening salvo yeah that was there? the first thing that happened and you know tommy is literally and you, you say it's, you know he's one of the nicest men you've ever met he's literally become a family friend yeah. <laughs> you know um and it's you know it's been great i mean it's just been amazing um you know to build relationships and just to as humans you know because the thing was you know the one thing we realized very early on when we started having guests on the show was what became really interesting especially once we got some more kind of you know more well-known people on the show was and that was actually also the one thing that i think uh, sort of made it quite attractive to our listeners was the fact that we were all in this thing together you know the listeners had the same experiences that we had throughout this pandemic and they were the exact same experiences that our guests had and no matter whether it's Aaron nace or whether it's you know whoever it may be um, we, we're all having the same experiences here. So that means we immediately we all have something in common and that's immediately stuff that we can talk about. Yeah. And, and I think what made it you know, relevant and, and really interesting, I hope anyway, for our listeners, was that you listen to somebody that maybe you look up to, maybe you have a lot of respect to, or somebody who's like you know, a major uh, player in, in the industry and you listen to them talk about having the same problems and issues and worries and fears that, that you have and, you know, somebody like that's going through the same stuff that you're going through in this pandemic. And then they talk about what they, what, how they're handling it and what they do about it. And you listen to this and you kind of go, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. I haven't even thought about that. And, you know, for us, talking to so many people on the show, I mean, that was the thing really from a, just from a mental perspective that certainly for me, and I'm sure the same for Nick, you know, that's helped us immensely throughout this whole thing. It was just listening to people, getting a different perspective, you know, and, and somebody says something and you kind of go, oh, yeah, actually, that's right. You know, why haven't I thought about this before? You know, you know? I think it was lockdown two <laughs> that we went through. And I've made no no secret of it on the podcast that I really, <laughs> yeah. I, I really struggled mm. over over that first lockdown in particular, the second one, and more, and more so in the third as well. Mm. Um, and I had a really, really hard time. And... You know, we talk talk about that talked about talked about that a lot over the first sort of you know tens of episodes and whatnot. And as lockdown two was about to happen, I'm pretty sure it was lockdown two. It was going, oh my god, it's announced, and in two days we're going to be locked down again, or three days, whatever it was. And so we reached out to a few previous guests who had shown an interest in mental health, and all of them immediately turned around and said, "Yep, we'll do that with you." And so we did a dedicated dedicated episode with all of these guys to talk about 
things that you can do to help yourself through this lockdown yeah to keep yourself sane to keep yourself creative and that is by far one of my most favorite episodes yeah it was a great yeah it was because great. of the meaning behind it and the it's a leveler yeah i mean me- mm. mental health across no matter who you are like from top to bottom however you would measure that mental health is a leveler you know the you can have everything and and in relation to your world this just brought everyone back to a starting point because you know you got like for us it's all right we might have lost a little bit of work here and they've lost touring they've lost recording they've lost everything or you know shooting and like we've both had joe mcnally on and joe's like notoriously traveling around the world doing everything Mm. but when it comes to how your head's getting on everyone's like got the same the same thing they're trying to get through the day they're trying to get mm-hmm. through the the problems trying to raise money wondering you know what's happening next it was all you know none of us have experienced this before yeah. um the only time previously we've ever been like out of action is illness or injury mm-hmm. but now it's like the amount of guests we had that we spoke specifically about how covid had affected them mm-hmm. and the kind of the one thing that came out of it was how many people had started to experiment with different things mm-hmm. and set up personal projects mm. like you with the podcast is they were saying, yeah, I'd never actually done this. I've always kept meaning to do this and I did it. And all these different guests were coming out with really cool things that they were doing stuck indoors. I mean, Katrine Eisman's was, was favorite. She sat there one day and she saw the light coming through the window on this plant on the table so she did a project where she was doing time lapse and she started mm. teaching herself time lapse and how light affected different things and she was putting different things on the table and working out and she's just like i had the time to do it i had no reason not to do it yeah and then <clears throat> before you know it it's like you're starting at 10 o'clock in the morning and all of a sudden it's five o'clock in the evening yeah. and your day feels like you achieved something you've learned mm. something and then you could take that and a lot of them took these new found skills and added it to what they were already doing. So they're learning video editing, audio yeah. editing, p- p- software they hadn't done before, After Effects, Lightroom. Mm. And and everyone's kind of able to come out with it with, you know, it's still been shitty experience. And, you know, like you said, lockdown one, two or three, it's, it's still, it still hurt. Yeah. But I would say you've probably learned so much about yourself and your yes. industry <laughs> That it's like once this thing, you know, now COVID's gone away and there's nothing else happening in the world to distract us at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the, it's it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, the whole the whole thing about learning new things. I mean, we, you know, one of the one of the things that sort of became clear relatively early on, um, like probably the first summer or something, you know, when we started the podcast, was that, you know, we got a lot of people sort of into acting you know, about like, you know, we're talking about editing and Photoshop and all that kind of stuff. And then what we decided to do was um, we decided to set up a Zoom session every, I think it was every Tuesday evening or something like that. Mm. Um, and it was basically a free Zoom session. People could just kind of log on and I would teach some Photoshop topic for an hour, right? Oh, cool. Um, and, you know, it's everything from, like, I don't know, masks and blah, 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 whatever, you know, all sorts of different stuff. Um it was predominantly Photoshop, maybe a little bit of Lightroom. And it was just a topic maybe that we might have talked about a particular topic on the show. And then, you know, I kind of thought, well, why don't I just do a live teaching session and show people how that actually works, you know? Um, that was really, that was really um, successful and it was really interesting. You know, people 
literally, because now they had a lot of time. I think originally it was actually we did it on like a, I think it was even like a Wednesday morning or something like, during the day because everybody was at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. no problem, you know. Yeah. And then we moved it around a little bit, you know. Um, and we did that for probably about, I don't know, maybe like six months or something or something like that. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. And, you know, and that again was a, was a thing that just, it just became this thing where it just felt like, you know, we could contribute something to the community. You know, we could do something to help others, you know, get through this with us, you know, and, mm. um, and, you know, what does it cost me an hour of my time? I mean, I had literally nothing else to do. I would have just sat around yeah. and watched Star Wars again. You know, no, but you got to build also not a bad idea. But you, know, yeah. you could do that. <laughs> you, you, you got to build stronger relationships with people that you perhaps already knew and met some people that you, you know, you hadn't met before as yeah. well. And, and not to sound that's... dramatic, but you giving up an hour of your time for someone is life saving. It could be life saving. Yeah, exactly. It it's could true. just be what that person yeah. needed that day to change the way they were thinking and do something. Yeah. Um, to, to answer the original question. <laughs> Because you kind of got to a point where this, the answer to the question then going forward is planning. Oh, planning. Like, yeah. Plan, planning your episodes. But also now as we are starting to come out and get back to some kind of normality and you find, you know, we can all get out more. Do you, do you feel there's going to be a difference in the podcast now you've got a bit more freedom? Is there anything you've thought of, oh, we can go and do this now? Well, I mean, yes, in a sense of we can we can do behind the scenes stuff because we actually have shoots that are actually happening, you know, right. and and so that's definitely a big difference. I, I tell you what is becoming challenging, let's say, mm. is that um, because we're so much busier now, it is becoming harder and harder to find a slot every week for both of us to actually record an episode, mm -hmm. and I mean, I mean, really difficult to the point where. It's kind of getting up to Wednesday night, and we always release on a Thursday morning. Yeah, yeah. And we still haven't done it, and we've got to jump on and to get it done. Mm. And we have missed one week. Uh, we have missed one week but in there is six a, weeks. There is a technical reason for that, to be fair. Yeah. So we, I mean, basically, we sort of pride ourselves that you know, regardless of whatever happens, we've even recorded an episode in the car on the way to a job. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's basically we will go, we will stop at nothing to get something done. Yeah, yeah, like we were literally. It was like a Wednesday morning, and we were driving to a shoot in London, and we knew that drive was going to be like fifty minutes long or something yeah. like that. So we, we, you know, sucker crop the camera on a windscreen, and you know, sorry, we what? Sucker crop is that another thing? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Listen, what you guys do in the car? <laughs> right <laughs> to get through an episode. Um, you know, but we people will stop pay good nothing. money for that. Yeah, we'll stop at nothing. <laughs> So, you know, and we just basically, um, you know, recorded an episode just driving in a car. And you literally see me drive, you know, from from Eton to central London. And that's that's it. You know, that's that's the episode, basically. Yeah, we don't talk. No, basically, you know, we just chat. The sound like, of tarmac. <laughs> it was just that. Like, Best I mean, episode I, ever. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it was, it was not dissimilar to any other episode that we do we really, really you know because we, we sort of have two formats you know one is uh, obviously having a guest on the show and the other format is just us discussing things um so that kind of made it easy in, you know on the weeks where we didn't have a guest it was just yeah we'll just do that you know so no problem um you know but there was one week uh, recently where um i i i went on a short break with my wife to wales and we 
we'd hired this whales you can't call that a holiday well no, no it was just a, it's supposed to be a getaway you know just for my wife and i leave the kids at home leave the dog at home um you know we've just lost a whole welsh <laughs> <laughs> and, both um, of them you know and so uh we we basically we'd found this this house which is a listed building it's like a really cool it's like a, a former like water house or something on top of a mountain it's really awesome awesome place like in this estate like surrounded by pine forest it was just flipping awesome all i'm hearing is no internet signal yeah well exactly so got it in one so but but here was the thing so it was supposed to have high speed internet which i thought was great because so the plan we made was like okay well when i get there i take all my gear and we'll just record an episode from there no problemo right no worries okay cool that was the plan but then we had a bunch of storms hit the uk and the first storm which i now forget was dudley Dudley, yeah. Dudley, yeah. So we were in Wales, and we were literally th- that storm hit, and the the people who owned the the building basically called us up uh, like a couple of days before, and I basically said, you know, the storms already started, and we've lost all internet to the house. Um, you know, they just thought they let us know because if we wanted to cancel because of that, then then I would have been fine. But we basically said, well, no, we can't cancel. We have to go. And so, so really, you know, when I mean, literally, when we got there there was no internet and so we were my wife and i were literally sitting on this on the top of a mountain in this awesome building uh which was wicked legged on a rock naked pretty much um in fact, incidentally that's how my that's how my aunt met my uncle <laughs> there's the family portrait photo yeah. <laughs> so but you know so literally we were just and we we barely managed to get outside because it was especially on on top of the mountain you know imagine 120 miles an hour winds it was insane. It was hurricane strength, winds up there. We were like perfectly safe inside, but we literally spent the best part of a week just in this building, you know, waiting it out. And it was awesome. It was actually a great getaway. No internet, no distractions, barely a phone signal. It was great. Sounds like lockdown. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Good old times, you know. Um, and, and if anybody out there knows Kay, you know that... 95% of his time is spent looking at his phone. Not anymore, because I've got this watch now. So oh, God, it's <laughs> damn watch. <laughs> but so that was, uh, you know, unfortunately, there was literally, uh, we had to admit defeat on this occasion. There was so you've never done a solo ep- a solo episode. I've done no. two. Right. Very weird. I like, had to make a load of notes to kind of go through the topics. And... I mean, by the end of it, I was amazed I went on for as long as I did. Mm. But then I was thinking, man, like these radio DJs that go in day after day after hard, day, right? the ones that, re- that do it alone and don't have the, um, like a friend of mine's on Virgin Radio. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll listen to you. And I think I've recorded, like, I, I said to him, I sent him a message and said, I've just listened for an hour and there's been seven minutes of you, which to me is like not djing anymore but mm. when you get the ones who don't have the zoo like chris moyles and mm. chris evans where it's just them i think well how do you just like keep going day after day after day and find things to talk about because mm. i had to like make sure that i had enough to talk about that's kind of well it's going to be a little bit of my opinion or my review of something mm. but i did not want to make it a habit but i it was a case of we were at a point where like you it's Monday, there needs to be an episode. Hmm. I need to get something out. And something you just said, like the same with me and Alan, is Alan's work's picking up again. 
I, you know, I've got a day job and I'm doing stuff in the evening. Us trying to find that day that works that I haven't got athletics for the kids or football with the kids or, mm-hmm. you know, something going on. And then it's like, okay, well, we'll record this day. I'm just going to put the episode out when I've edited it. Mm. But we've had more gaps recently because we've need either needed, just needed the breather, haven't had a guest or, you know, plan to have a guest and something happens and they can't make it. Uh, and then we've just like, you know, let's have a couple of weeks off. You know, it's good for us to actually have a break and then mm. come back strong. Um, but yeah, yeah, was, there were a couple of times I'm like, I'll do a solo episode. But to keep it going. But I just mm. wondered whether you two had ever like had an agreement. Like, look, if if you are stuck and we want to get an episode, who would do it? I, I'm guessing Kirsten would do it. What gives you just... <laughs> It's because it, it's because he can do the intro of an episode and take an hour and a half messing it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, You're, so everybody out there is now hearing the uh, the, the real behind, story. Of the what real story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not so but much no, recently, I've, though. I haven't messed it up recently. In all yeah. seriousness, I mean, you know, going back to what you actually do and why you do it. Um, yeah. What effect has it had on your professional life? I mean, obviously, take COVID away, but ha- have you got something professionally like work or a knock on from the podcast that's benefited you as professionals? Yeah. Okay. Well, well I, I, I think in simple, simple terms, in, 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 in its most simple terms, we wouldn't have met you had we not done the podcast at all. We that probably wouldn't have been in the photography show that day either and been able to meet you in person. Yeah as well and do you know what i mean it's been able to build and meet these people and know you guys in the with the work that you do it's just it's i mean it's it's done a number i mean it's done, done a number of things one one is of course you know we've met a lot of people in the industry that we wouldn't have met otherwise um so that's one thing um the other thing is of course it's also put us in touch with you know manufacturers and, and people in this wider industry um that we've managed to build some relationships with which is also awesome you know but you know, and and on a on a on a different scale, what it has done is that you know what happens when you're you know when you're self employed or when you you know you run, you run your own business, um, you have to promote your business all the time. And of course, then when you when you enter into a period of a couple of years where really your work stops, it's really easy to to be forgotten. You know. Because you've got no content to post online and, you know, you have no shoots and, you know, you're not really creating anything. It's really easy to kind of drop out of that. And the podcast was really one of these things uh, where we, we were always talking about online, you know, whether it was on Facebook or whatever. Mm. We were always talking about, you know, oh, that's another uh, podcast episode or we're just doing like little things. So like, oh, you know, here's us that's recording another episode. So it was always um, a thing that kept us, you know, front of top of mind, as they call it. So from a, from a marketing strategy point of view, it was sort of a top of mind kind of strategy. Um, and then when we came out of it, out of the whole pandemic thing, um, what I've realized is that as soon people as soon as people got back to to running their businesses, when they then required a photographer or, or video actually, which is really caught on, um, then we were top of mind, and so we have gotten quite a lot of of jobs on the back of that sort of strategy. Brilliant. And that wasn't really something. I mean, that was. was that was not the plan. There's not something that we thought of actively or anything like that. It was just something that's, that's happened, you know, and whenever I'm in some kind of meeting, um, 
just the fact that you know we we run um a photography podcast and we're like nearly 100 episodes in which automatically seems to give it some cloud people automatically assume that i know what i'm talking about yeah. <laughs> i don't know where this <laughs> is yeah. from <laughs> that, that's the uh, but, that's the uh, uh writing a book um concept once you're published mm-hmm. you're an expert once you have enough episodes exactly. out you're an expert it doesn't matter if you actually don't know anything your opinion yeah. suddenly has more weight it's a really amazing concept and a great side effect mm. yeah yeah and so you know in terms of the effects yeah that's that's probably that's been that's been one of the most um most significant effects but you know it's also like little like okay so think about it this way you know pre-pandemic there would have been there would have been me listening to your podcast in the car right listening to you and you know um and a variety of other podcasts and now we're on your show like all of a sudden, we're sort well, of—he he hasn't put it out yet. Well, yeah, but you know, it's it's like these things. Like we never would have would have thought that we we would end up as as guests on other people's podcasts. Like mm. you know, two years ago, I thought like, who would want to talk to me? I don't have anything interesting to say. You know, um, now it turns out we've waffled our way through almost a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, what's changed? Yeah, well, but, yeah. <laughs> So, but you're nat, but you're natural. That's that's the thing. It's like when I was a guest on your show, I was absolutely like honoured because I we're level. We're, so nice we're, you said when it, it comes when it comes to podcasting and anything we do, we're level because you know we there's consistency, there's dedication. Hmm. We do it, and I was so like please i still i still feel like a bit of a why you know i'm not even a photographer and it's a photography podcast why do you want me on and i really enjoyed it and i couldn't wait to like meet you guys as well but i think it's it's just that people see your personality people see you're approachable you're fun you love what you do you're enthusiastic you know nobody could i mean what you're like what your wife might say about you is nobody would meet you and go what a couple of arseholes (laughs) it'd be like I think I think you would genuinely, when people in the industry meet you, they would go away like you say with a good taste in their mouth. That sounded weird, but (laughs) peppery taste. Yeah, yeah, like a weird. (laughs) But you know what I mean? It's they they would go away with a good feeling about you, um, because when when you're when you're both met in person, like I said to you, Nick, I felt like I went to school with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's I like agree. how have we not met before. Yeah, um, and it turns and the... out, it turns out you lived that's just a row, a street down from me. Oh God, that's yeah, right. I've forgotten about that. Yeah, that's the craziest it, thing. Yeah, it was weird. We were like so close in proximity, and yeah. and like with Nick, my my best mate, who I credit for a lot of things in my life, like live around the corner from you. Yeah, and and yeah. they're the little coincidences I love in this industry. Yeah. And like I've told the story so many times that Alan and I met in an elevator. And was and, it loving an elevator? It, it was. We we were going up and down all night. <laughs> but it was like I knew who he was. He obviously he obviously knew of me because of I was doing like the whole nap evangelist thing at the time, and I just happened to be looking at my phone, and Alan was next to me, and I'm like, "That's Alan Hess." Ooh. And, Dave, uh, Dave is also and he the said he, uh, being on the planet, so he yeah, was, so he knew he knew I was English. <laughs> so he was like, "Are you Dave Clayton?" And I was like, "Yeah, you're Alan Hess." And and that's how our friendship 
struck up and and that's one of the things i love about the industry is those mm. weird little connections yeah. that even if even if it's a uh like barney the wingman of how how i met your mother it's like here's nick you know and yeah. you, know, you become a photography wingman because you're got you're you, i want to introduce you to other people if i want to tell guests if i have on get in touch with nick and kirsten be on their podcast show because mm. there's different to ours it's a different vibe they're different personalities you will absolutely love it and it will grow and it will just snowball and like mm, as yeah. you reach that 100 episodes before you know it you'll be at 200 and it's, you'll be uh, looking yeah. back at your body of work going wow like i mean, one of the questions i've written down was thing with the guests is people like joe mcnally and moose peterson don't just say yes to everything no, so true. when you look back at your body of work and see the guests you've already had, given that you didn't already know them, which I think is an accomplishment in itself, is a testament to how good you were for them to want to be on it. Because mm. there's a lot of people who get sick of doing podcasts, mm. especially oh, sure. during yeah. COVID, because I'd be getting emails from... <laughs> from like people who are bookers going hey we've got this guy and he's done this and he's done that and we think he'd be a great fit for your podcast and i'm looking at it thinking okay he's different kind of i don't know if i want to talk about that on the podcast yet but at the same time i also don't want to be one of 25 podcasts next month that are all going to have the same guest with on the, with mm-hmm. the same interview yeah. with the same yeah same, same interview same <clears throat> they're selling something yeah 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 that 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 that's something that we've consciously done over the last hundred episodes as well is to not ask the same questions that other podcasts would typically ask the best compliment that we got actually was moose peterson so when we have moose on the show um you know we we i know we talked for like two hours or something right and the rest yeah (laughs) probably two and a half hours who knows but you know and at the end once we're finished he goes like guys I enjoyed this tremendously. We we chatted for two hours and we didn't mention f stop once. It's because that's not. Yeah, because the thing you know, the thing for us has been right from the beginning. You know, we kind of thought, um, you know, there are loads of podcasts out there um, where people talk about you know technical aspects of of photography. What's your favorite f stop? What's your favorite camera? What's Mm -hmm. your uh... you know and um, like what camera do you use? Um, yeah. You know, and and so we we really actually from the very beginning we thought you know t- to us the person behind the lens is so much yeah. more important, and I want to know what makes that person tick. You know, I want to know how they think, how they how they get to how they got to where they are, and like how they approach what their approach is. You know, um, rather than th- rather than because if somebody wants to know like you know what camera and what, what lenses, do use? how do you like this? There's a Four thousand yeah. other videos yeah, on it. Out exactly. there yeah, yeah. And the truth of it is, you know, if you want to, if you want to figure out, like, how, technically, how Peter Hurley shoots, you know, there's like a million YouTube videos out there, and it also changes all the time. Yeah, you know. But with Peter Hurley, it's like, what made you want to get your ass in a boat and hang out the side of it yeah. and compete? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or my favorite question was, what did you want to be when you were growing up? When you were at school, we want yeah. to be something. Huh. You know, technology. This, this was the other thing that I was thought was quite good with some of the older guests was we couldn't other than star trek and science fiction we could never have imagined the technology we've got today 20 years ago sure you know when you think 
15 years ago there was no youtube there was no facebook there was no twitter there was no mm. you know just a short time ago in our lifetime we could never have imagined the kind of technology we've got today so when you go back like generation x my generation when you were at school what did you want to be photography would have just been a film camera Mm-hmm. And then trying to find something that could make you money. And I've said before, I don't ever remember a conversation being had when I was at school. And I didn't go to university or college or anything. I left school at 16. I don't ever remember a careers advisor ever saying to me, have you thought about leaving school and starting up your own business and being a creative? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it was, I'm going to get an apprenticeship. I'm going to be an electrician. I'm going to, or, you know, or, you know, if you're a girl, you're going to be a secretary. You know, it was very, whereas now with the technology we've got and the software that we've got, people can kind of come out and become set up the, the their own business. The cost of entry to creating things is so much lower now than it was back mm. when I left mm-hmm. high school in 1986. Um, you wanted to yeah. buy a computer yeah. back then, you were spending a couple of thousand dollars on a IBM PC with a green yeah. screen. And, you know, it just 10 years later, it was, you could literally, you know, have a recording studio in your, in your apartment. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, my first computer was an yeah. Amstrad CPC 464 <sighs> with a data set, with a tape rather than a disc. And you you know, I, I programmed, like, I don't know, the theme tune to Miami Vice or something in it with, like, you know, programming with yeah, basic. I, you just you know? say yeah. that whole host of words I've so never I, heard before. Well, exactly. So that's, that's exactly <laughs> do, you remember gate, do you remember Gateway? Gateway oh, computer. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 for sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, free, and free serve. <laughs> and we had Steve Wozniak come and show us how to use it at school. Oh wow! No. So, awesome. You know, it, was, it, it was one of the, it was brand new. Like everything else was done on mm. terminals and mainframes. And I remember mm. uh, being like part of that crowd in high school. We, the geek never had a girlfriend crowd. Um, we actually ran networking <laughs> cables as part of the class. It was like to run from one building to another building. We spent like three days literally pulling network cables because we were about to have like a mainframe and dumb terminals, and it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. And the first thing I did with it was uh, fake my SAT results because I forgot to take them. So that's the test you take to get into college. <laughs> I skipped the test. Love I it. didn't yeah. take it. My parents wanted to know where my report was from the test. So I literally mocked one up and printed it out and took it home. And did very badly that time. So I retook it because um, <laughs> I didn't want to give myself <laughs> I didn't want to give myself a good score. Then I wouldn't, you know, uh, then they'd be like, uh, why are the colleges not looking at your score? And, then I'd have to explain to them that I, mm. it was fake. But yeah, so, but that you, know, you you like did computers. You weren't a photographer, and that was what was good. Is like, what did you want to be when you when you grew up? Nobody could have predicted what they ended up being. Mm. I wanted to be an astronaut. So I mean, for me, it was it was like you know I'm a third generation photographer, and um, it was almost pre programmed. I always say I didn't have a choice in the matter, you know. Um, because you know when i was a kid um i had a video camera and i was like i was really into filming stuff you know video eight i think was the the format at the time Mm. like eight millimeter you know um videotape essentially and i was filming everything i was filming like my whole life and my parents whole life and everybody's life because i had this thing literally surgically attached to my eye socket you know um and then and then i got into music and then i had a career as a musician so i studied music and, um, you know, and uh, I was a session musician for like 20 years or something, 25 years. Um, 
And it was, you know, later on when my my life took a nosedive and, you know, my relationship broke up, my dad died, you know, um, and my, my dad and my grandparents um, died within nine months of each other and my relationship broke up and, you know, and so my, you know, I was like, literally it felt like I was hitting rock bottom basically. And I went back to Germany to uh, hang out with my mom because I just needed a breather. And then my mom said, you know, because I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what to do. You know, I have, to, I have to change my life. And she goes like, why don't you just pick up a camera? It's worked for two other generations. You know, it might work for you. And I kind of thought, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And, um, and so everything that I'd been doing as a kid with a video camera really came back, you know, and I'd, I'd love photography. I was, you know, I was more interested in the visual aspects of music. Like whenever I was a session musician, so I, I used to work mm. a lot in like, um, in studios, but when I did live shows, I was more interested in, in the stage show and the lighting and all that kind of stuff. I was much more interested in that. And I was interested in like looking at, um, you know, at music shots, you know, and, and I've always been totally fascinated with that. And then, then when my mom said, I think you should buy a camera and just give that a shot. Um, because that's what we do, apparently. Um, it just made perfect sense. And I knew that, you know, I knew when I got my first camera, my first like professional camera, if you want to call it that, I knew I was going to get totally addicted to it. And I did. I literally took that thing out of the box. I looked at it and I went, yep. That's what I'm going to do. And, and it's changed my life, you know, completely. So it was sort of semi-pre-programmed, I think. <laughs> but how do you... So <laughs> I'll, I'll come on to you, Nick, because I want to know what you wanted to be. But that's the thing that gets me with photography is like, oh, I love landscapes. I want to be a landscape photographer. Mm. But which... Where in your brain does the bit come that I can also make money from this? Because so, I've got a Mac. I can, I'm a graphic designer. I can yeah. get a job in on an email. I can create a flyer, a brochure, anything, make money, send it out. I haven't even got to go anywhere. Whereas with photography, knowing it's like one of the biggest hobbies in the world yeah. and such a competitive place, what what in your brain goes, and I want to make a living from this? So, I mean, it's, so for me, it was actually relatively easy, to be honest. Um, you know, because I, you know, I... Um, I made a living as a musician. So, you know, when I, when I was a kid, I started playing the guitar and then I became a professional musician and I basically monetized what was originally my hobby. You know, and that's, that's kind of what you do. And so, um, so it wasn't like, you know, taking on photography, it wasn't a million miles away. Plus photography is a really expensive hobby. So that's the other thing, you know? So like, you know, at some point, so you, I think, I mean, for me, it's very quickly, it was like, um, okay, I wonder how I can monetize this, you know, in a sense. And, you know, in the beginning, because I actually, and this is why I'm I'm really looking forward to having you on the show, Alan, um, because I started as a concert photographer, you know. I literally just stepped off the stage and started shooting my friends. Yeah. I mean, you gigs, you know, no and, money uh, at all. <laughs> no, exactly, right. I, that, you, yeah, absolutely right. And, you know, and the thing was like, you know, I, I remember like, you know, when um, when I first and this is true because I, I did some, you know, I did some I did band shots for like bands and stuff and bands don't have any yeah. money. So they can't really pay you anything. So it's like, you know, it's, it's futile. But the first time somebody says like, Hey, do you want to shoot your band? I pay you like 80 pounds, which is like whatever it is, a hundred dollars or something. You're yeah. like, what? 
really? Like cash, Exxon, Exxon, real money, cash money? Like what? Hundred dollars? Wow! Did you go out and buy you know? a ten thousand dollar lens? <laughs> like I'm earning yes. money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and um, and so, but then you know, when when it came, when it got to the point where um, I sort of thought, okay, let's think seriously about this for a minute as a career move, basically. You know, I literally, you know, I'd run. Obviously, you know, I've been self-employed as a musician for a long time. And I also, I've ran a, um, a music school for 12 years. So I have some business experience. I had some business experience. And I literally just went, okay, let's have a look at the industry and let's, let's see where I can, I can sort of fit in and let's see where I can actually, you know, earn a living. And, you know, for me, it was, it was corporate photography. And so, you know, I went into corporate photography and that's, you know, it was, it really worked for me um, because, you know, my clients are, are corporate clients and I don't have to really deal with individuals. I, I deal with corporate entities. So, you know, there isn't really, you never haggle about price. You know, you, it's basically, it's really simple in many ways, you know. Um, and it's not like, you know, imagine if you're a family photographer and you, you're doing lots of little portraits for relatively small amounts. You have to find lots of clients. In corporate photography, it's not really like that because each job actually pays a lot more. So, so what you what you end up doing is you you end up looking for a few clients who can afford your services, sort of a thing, mm. you know. And, um, and so, from a business perspective, it made perfect sense for me to to do that. And I'm really not a corporate type of person, as you can probably <laughs> tell, you know. Um, but nevertheless, you know, it it worked really quite well. And so, I specialized in um, in conferences, you know. So that's that's what I did. Uh, pre-pandemic um yeah and and of course that post i mean that was it was all fine it meant i could travel and i met lots of really interesting people and all the rest of it It was really i really enjoyed it but of course when the pandemic hit the conference sector just died a sudden death and that was it all of my um all the conferences i booked for the remainder of um of 2020 just went it all went and um at that point i thought okay i'm gonna have to recalibrate what i do and um you know and i started looking at um at, at local smaller businesses because at that time you know i was living in this place that i still live in in a, in a place called rickmansworth which is just outside london you know Ricky small for the Ricky, locals. yeah um <laughs> yes it's a small town but it's near it's near london and it's near watford's so there's two big towns that um where you have a lot of business um and I thought, I don't know anybody here because basically my corporate clients are usually international clients. And so, you know, I'd go and do a, and shoot a conference. Like if I was lucky, it'd be a conference in London. But then again, you might be in Germany or it might be in Hungary or wherever. Um, and so I really never had a chance to actually um, make any connections locally. And the pandemic really gave me that opportunity to, you know, start joining networking meetings and get to know local business owners and, you know, and, um, and just kind of recalibrate things because, you know, when the conference circuit comes back, I'd love to, you know, do that, continue to do that. But I can also now, um, connect with local business and do slightly other projects, you know, for that. And that's sort of led up, you know, it's led to all sorts of different things. Like for instance, Nick and me decided, um, the, because during the pandemic it was so frowned upon, um, you know, shooting people, like shooting people was frowned upon because we couldn't get, go near anybody. So we started shooting cars. And, um, you know, and that's sort of in a long-winded way um, sort of ended up with, you know, us shooting a project for Harley-Davidson, for example. Oh, you know, wow. we would have never done that 
had we not started shooting cars and motor vehicles during the pandemic. So it was just a matter of actually just being creative and looking at opportunities and, you know, um, doing things. We shot, a, we shot a street sweeper, like a road sweeper. Oh, that's right. Oh, my oh, God. No. That's hilarious, man. God. We were like, we spent, it's funny this, because we started shooting cars and we started, like, we shot a Ford Focus. And, like, we shot, no. like, originally, you know, we started light painting. And we sort of just, you know, we started shooting my car and Nick's car and then Nick's dad's car. And then, you know, uh, then a friend who had a Ferrari, had a Porsche and we shot that. And then a friend who had a Ferrari and we shot that. And all of a sudden we started shooting Ferraris. And then we get this call to shoot this road sweeper in the same style, like, you know, light painting or whatever, like totally, totally. Sexy. Like, yeah, super sexy. And, um. And then it turns out that that's, that road sweeper is probably the most expensive vehicle we've ever <laughs> But it's the sexiest road sweeper you've ever seen, for sure. You know. What about you, Nick? Um, kind of going back, going back to your yeah. leaving school because I don't know how old you both are either. So I'm doing this based <laughs> on guess. not knowing your age. Um, guess guess I, well, Kirsten first. Okay. Well, you're, I'm going to say you're both in your thirties still. <laughs> I take that as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> um, but given your experience and the things you've talked about and you mentioned in the computer, I'm going to say you're not younger than 35. Which one but, of us? Uh, I, I think Nick's the youngest. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's true. But only, but only by a couple of years. Wait, I'm, I'm gonna... <laughs> Wait hang on, hang on. <laughs> let, let, let me turn off the, um, the Zoom... Face. Uh, <laughs> all right, no, all right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. Kirsten's thirty-eight. You're thirty-four. That's actually a compliment for both of us. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Hang on. Let's let's, let's turn this off. Oh, I can't find it now. Oh, what a shame. Never mind. Oh. Um, no. So Kirsten's almost a bit uh, a landmark, or yeah. Let's, I won't say anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I actually I don't know exactly how old you are. I'll tell you in a minute. All right. So, I mean, I'm 47. Oh, okay. And, Blimey. And you're 38, 39. Yeah, 38. 38. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So yeah. I got the gap between you, but I wouldn't have pegged you at 47. Well, no, seriously. Uh, <laughs> 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 Turn off the skin smoothie. Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. There you are. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. It's hideous. Oh, it's oh, like okay. an accident. <laughs> I'll leave that on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm rubbish at guessing people's ages. I, te I tend to... Um, English people, I tend to... If I, if I know I've got to guess someone's age, I have, a, I have a question I throw in early on in the conversation that I'll try and shoehorn in, which I'll try and, to, I will try and bring up Doctor Who. And then I try and find out who their Doctor Who was. Right. Because that gives me an idea of how they would have been what the age they would have watched Doctor Who and who would have been their Doctor Who. See, that would totally Doctor not who. work with me because no. because um, I remember because he would say Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. when I first moved to this country, it was like that. People were like, oh, have you seen Doctor Who? And I'm like, Doctor Who, who, what, who? No idea. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I can tell if I can kind of guess guess an age there or talk about computers and like when you know what was your first computer, so I can get it. But I couldn't. I couldn't work out your ages. I'm thinking, oh, they've been doing that. We've got a guy I work with, right? And when he told me his life history, like where he's worked, all the jobs he's had, mm. 
He's 33. He's had the career of a 52-year-old oh, man. Wow. wow. That's cool. And I forget he's a, he's 33. So when I talk about, like make reference talk about reference points, he's just looking at me blankly like I mentioned the other day. We've got we got I should really say this on the podcast. There is a person in our in our professional life that I said he reminds me of Swiss Tony. <laughs> I remember Swiss Tony. Right. <laughs> yeah. He had the, he didn't even know what the fast show was. Right. So it's like, oh yeah, the reference points are just like that. Okay, yeah. now I now know kind of age wise because we had John T- going off topic. I got a friend of mine's an agent, and I got John Thompson to come and be the corporate guest for the company I work for. Mm-hmm. Thinking, oh John Thompson, the far show, cold feet, brilliant. He's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. He's such a funny bloke. Forgetting that most of the employees at the company I work for were mid thirties. Hmm. Never seen the Fast Show. Never seen Cold Feet. Had no clue who he was. Like every American audience member uh, listening that's right sad. now. That's no yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so it's kind of I for, I forget my age when I'm talking to people. It's like, oh man, you don't remember that. I'm talking yeah. about like I've got a, I've got a prop in my office. Oh wow! <laughs> okay. Wow! Yeah. My Look daughter doesn't know what that is. Yeah. Amazing. So you did, you had to do what? Yeah. <laughs> Dial it round. But um yeah, sorry, to, to but, come back to you, Nick. But all of you guys, this this is the kind of reason you can't get an eighteen year old girlfriend. What? You'll have nothing to talk about. And also my right. wife. Yeah. Friends' children are eighteen. It's imaginable. Yeah, I mean, but, my stepdaughter just turned 18, and that freaked oh, me out. Oh, you know? man. So, yeah. so, Nick, you, let's get on to you. Right. Yeah, so my, what my were, what were you at school and um, leading up to what you are now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was very good at school, actually. What was it I like was... in Borstal? <laughs> Borstal, yeah, scum. Uh, was it scum that was a Borstal? Scum, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ray yeah. Winston. Yeah. See, I, I remember scum. You know, there you go. so I'm not I'm not that young. Yeah. Uh, so I um yeah, so so music's my background as well, actually, yeah. funny enough. And so, you know, I, I spent my life playing music ever all throughout being a kid and you know, when I turned uh, when I became a teenager, I moved from sort of playing piano to playing bass, which then moved, moved me into playing into bands. Um then moved me into playing into a functions band at like 17. Um incidentally, I'm still in the same functions band today. Same one. So I've been in the wedding for singer. half my life. One yeah. of the best functions Weddings. bands around, by the yeah. way. Yeah. The mm. wedding singer, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and so so music is all and it, you know, back in school I got into engineering, so I, I've been a recording engineer ever since. So that's been the, the reality is that's where my deep lying passion lives yeah. is in music and recording. And I still do that today. I will forever do that because I just love every moment of it. It's not it's not work. But you get paid to do it still. So that's great. Yeah. That's a win. Um, but when I was how old would I have been? Eighteen? Nineteen? Just on my A levels and whatnot. Wasn't interested in going to university. Just didn't sit right with me for whatever reason. Even though I did I did well at school. I just wanted to get out of the school system and just go and work. So I, I you know, went out there, I did some um contracting for a very short while. But long story short, I met, I got a job at Amazon. And I worked for Amazon in fraud prevention for 15 years. 
um you know work work my way up and you know ran the teams there in london and you were all that kind of stuff yes that's right a sleuth yeah good word (laughs) good word and i got to a point where if anyone out there has ever known anyone that has worked for amazon or a large corporation like that it takes its toll eventually and it i put it this way when i joined i didn't even know who they were that's how small they were and then I left, you know, what, six years ago, six years ago, something like that. And so I'd had enough. I stuck it out for as long as I could. And then I, I left and I took a year out because I needed it to kind of recuperate and work out what it was that I wanted to actually do at that point. And I'd always been messing around with cameras and um, video in particular. So I thought, OK, well, let's. I wonder if I can actually make a, a career out of this and make a, a business from it. And so I started, you know, positioning myself in a way that I could do that and start really learning what I didn't know before. And when I love something, I start getting a passion for it. I become a little bit obsessed and I don't let it go. And I will just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it until I'm as good as I can possibly be in the shortest amount of time. And that's incidentally, that's exactly the thing that we have in common. Yeah, actually, that's, yeah. that's true. That's mm. very true. And so I started doing that, but you know, that's building a business like that takes a very, very long time. And it's that, that business isn't just there on a plate and I'm particularly poor at things like marketing and promoting myself and finding business that I'm really, really bad at. I hate it. Every part of it. And so I thought, well, I'm going to have to do some other work at the same time. So I started moving into doing teaching music too. And that's how Kirsten and I actually met. Mm -hmm. And we we taught, well, I I moved into teaching for um, a music trust in Buckinghamshire Hmm. and Kirsten worked there doing marketing uh, at the time as well. So that's how we met. And we thought, you do photo, do you? I was like, you do video, do you? Should we do something together? And that's kind of where, where we started building from. And that's how we, we, I mean, we've done countless countless jobs together yeah i mean we've it's unreal actually yeah i mean we started doing stuff together as like for the trust yeah originally exactly um and so we you know we launched youtube channel for the trust and we created lots of youtube content um and you know we'd film performances and concerts and all that kind of stuff um and just create marketing content because that was basically my job um and and yeah just that very naturally led to us doing stuff outside Outside of work, basically, you know, mm. um, and so yeah. And then he let on that he's half Canadian, and I thought, oh, I don't know now. <laughs> don't know now. I yeah. don't know now. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never. Well, you know, there was there was a thing when, um, and I think again, I was in Germany for some reason, um, and I was sort of thinking about, you know, what to do next, and you know, and I kind of thought. You know, I the one thing I love about uh, about music and working in a studio, uh, you know, working with other musicians is actually that just that working with other people bit. And so I thought, you know, I I just I'd love to have a collaborator, you know, um, who's into the same thing, who's passionate about the same thing, and you know, and we could we could get our teeth into into projects, and um, you know, and two brains think better than one basically and so you know and, it, it was and we one. have different approaches as well oh, don't yeah. we? and that works out really really well yeah yeah we've learned um, from each other's approaches big time you know yeah. uh and we have different 
different strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm generally quite good at, you know, organizing things and keeping us on track or whatever it might be like that. And, um, yeah. I don't know, what are you good at? I don't know, I forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, it's like, oh, I think our, this is actually, I tell you what, oh. this, this is funny though, because this is true. So basically between the two of us, um, Nick is like super organized mm-hmm. and, and that's definitely not a strength of mine. I, I think I'm sort of the stereotypical creative person, you know, it's like, I'm not very good at organizing stuff, but I'm sort of an ideas kind of person. So I can have like a million ideas like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Or how about we did that? Wouldn't that be awesome? You know? And, and I'll then, say, rain it the f- in yeah, yeah. And then he'd be like, oh, okay but have you thought about this and that and, you know and we'll then we'll basically we'll sort of amalgamate it to something that that actually works then um and so you know i've learned from nick you know i, I mean my approach has changed because of nick i'm i'm much more conscious of the of the planning stages of of mm. things now and i think it probably it's probably true to say that for you um you've you've probably sort of learned to just go with the flow a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, you know? precisely. It's, and to it's change exactly lines. that. Well, I think my strength is basically when we're at a shoot and things don't work out uh, the way you anticipated, I'm really quite good at thinking on my, uh, you know, on the hoof as it were. Yeah. You know, and thinking on my feet and um, and rearranging stuff. And and I think I'm quite good at controlling a shoot, you know, and keeping all the different moving parts together. Um, I think that's where my strength is really. Um you know, and so together, it it just it just seems to work really well. You know, and I think the, the podcast is tested. I was sure you were going to say together we're wild stallions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was sure you were going to say that. No, I mean, you know, and I think the podcast is really testament to that. You know, um, yeah, yeah it it's you know we're, we're really both we both are the driving forces behind behind the Camera Shape podcast. That's how we made it to eighty to eighty six ninety six episodes. Um. You know, because we're both, you know, we we, we have our sort of set roles when yeah. it comes to the, yeah. the podcast. And, you know, we're working to our strengths. Like, you know, um, Nick's, yeah. Nick's a, a, an audio engineer and a video editor. So that sort of thing is, is really, you know, that's his thing. And so, and then my strength is actually, you know, like, again, the, the marketing side of things. Yeah. Um, Although our our viewing numbers on YouTube would attest otherwise, but you know, what can you do? I, anyway. see, I see you as the Carly and Jason of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please! Can I, can I wear the hot pants? I, want the gold I hot know pants. which one's Kylie, <laughs> especially for but, you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've got to get. Hang on, I've got to do a screenshot of this. Oh, I've missed it. <laughs> um, do you know what I was going to say? Like my my friendships, my friendship circle, my group of people that I've been friends with the longest. Like when Glenn and I first started, and and we were doing so much together, and he's obviously like a very, very uh, dedicated, focused photographer, and I'm like you, Kirsten. I'm I'm kind of the more laid back, think on my feet flexible olympic standard procrastinator um (laughs) but like a massive marketing background as well as a design background i mean on paper glenn and i could have been should have been an awesome working duo given both our strengths Mm. but i'm kind of glad we never did i'm kind of i'm Mm. glad our friendship is our friendship i Mm. admire you two for having a friendship 
running a podcast like out of hours and working together because it's like fraught with danger as much as it's got all the benefits if you know each other it's also fraught with danger because there's always going to be you know i I know i know back in the day when glenn and i were doing the podcast even just like over guests there'd be sometimes be a bit like you know i really want a guest he doesn't want a guest when there's two of you i've said it's like being married if if you say hey i'd like to do x and one person in the partnership says i don't want to do that and the other person says i do want to do that you generally end up not doing it it, it, because there's no third person so mm, I, I think mm. i was always subconsciously worried about falling out with my friend over money over work over something that wasn't our friendship and was professional so i've like always had a day job and my friends are my friends and i've worked on projects with them i've i've worked with them at things like you know alan and i are teaching assistants at adobe max we get to work together at a thing but i don't recall that you and i have ever actually exchanged money on i mean i've i've designed alan's book covers but for rocky nook mm. so i'm kind of glad i have that relationship with my friends but there are times i sort of think what if you know i if i could have taken my skills and worked with this person what an awesome body of work we could have created but part of me mm. just obviously never pursued it, never pushed it. So I take my hat off to you two for having the strong enough friendship that you can work together, at, you like work with each other and turn that into working for each other, with each other mm. on projects. Because, man, that's, that's, that's a tough thing still to I, do, even as mates. I mm. think um, I think for, the, for a lot of people, actually not doing what we do in the way that we do it is probably the right thing to do. Um, for the, all the reasons you just you just des- described, mm. but I, I think perhaps I just think we've got a particularly good understanding of yeah. what we're both good at and what we're perhaps not both so good at. And you know, just for example, you know, when I'm really busy and I've got a lot going on, I can be very short dismissive and i just need to get on and finish whatever it is i'm dealing with Mm. and Kay understands that and he'll know when to just leave me alone for a minute or just back off for a second Mm. until i just go right fine and then we can actually have a proper conversation and you know talk about things in a constructive manner yeah i mean the good thing is although we have different ideas we have a great ability to talk about those ideas and actually the majority of times we either merge what we've talked about. I was mm-hmm. just going to say, mer- the word merge was on my lips, was that if you can merge both those opinions, you turn it into something like, I, I love the word serendipity. Mm. I think sometimes amazing things come out of an innocuous thought or suggestion or yeah. a combination of something. And that itself turns into something again mm, absolutely i think the thing you think with absolutely. us the thing with our dynamics sort of thing is that you know although we are very different people um and you know we have different approaches to to things very often and we definitely have different strengths and um and weaknesses you know there's two things first of all we're both very very much able to admit our weaknesses that's mm. re- that's really important but the other the thing that we really have in common 
really down to routine is that we will always both work to achieve the best possible result. Mm. And that is really all that matters for, for both of us. And, you know, like, I think for, for neither of us, it actually matters whether, you know, whether it's my suggestion or Nick's suggestions that leads us there. It's like we make, a, you know, a, a concerted effort to make the best thing that we can make. And whether that's, you know, whether it's a shoot, a project, you know, whether it's a podcast episode, you know, or whatever it is. Um, you know, we, we really, our end goal is, is absolutely the same. And so, yeah. and that's where it all kind of converges again and it all comes together again. Yeah. Um, you know, and when you have that goal in mind, then, the, you know, a, in many ways, the road to that goal isn't necessarily that important, you know? Um, but also you can, you can sort of, I think it's actually enjoyable to, to do things in a way that I didn't necessarily think was going to work. And then it, it turns out it actually did because I learned a lot from that. I think it's the same yeah, for Nick, absolutely. you know, yeah. um, you know, we, we really find that every project we work on or every shoe that we do, we actually learn, we come away having learned something, um, you know, and we, we are better photographers for that, you know, and it's, that's really, you know, um, that's, that's the thing. And, and that's really, that's really fun, you know, and I think that's the ultimately that's that's what boils yeah. down to. You, you know, you have do... patience as well. Uh, that's a big yeah. thing that you comes across is you you both have to have a lot of patience because the the thing I've said before with this generation versus like your generation, my generation mm. is everything's so instant. Everything everybody wants instant success. They they want to make the phone call. The thing happen. They make money straight away. I think what you two have shown is that, you know, going back to the start of your relationship, you've had the patience to build and develop and build and develop and, and learn, learn from mistakes, build and, and develop. In, and even now you're, you're still not at the final product. You're both still learning from each other and mm -hmm. learning from your experiences. And that's, that is a skill in itself because I get so wound up when I hear people wanting everything now and not putting in the effort. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I want to be this, so I'm going to go on TikTok. Why am I not getting the work? Uh, and it's yeah, but you know, it's so much I to learn. The, the, because the <laughs> right. thing that we both have in common is is music. And you know, in music, when you learn a musical instrument, it's a long process. You know, if you want to get good at playing the guitar or the bass or the drums or the flute or whatever it is, you have to put the time in. And you're not going to turn into the best guitarist in the world after two hours of practicing the guitar. You know. 20 yeah. years down the line of doing five to eight hours a day, you're probably going to be a decent player. But that's the time you have to invest. Incidentally, I had a really interesting uh, conversation with my 18-year-old stepdaughter the other day about exactly that. You know, um, she was like, you know, she's like, oh, how come you're so good at the guitar? You're just naturally gifted. And it's like, well, I started playing guitar when I was seven and I literally practiced five to eight hours a day for 25 years. That's why I'm as good as I am. Not yeah. because I'm oh. naturally, you know, I didn't wake up one morning being able to play the guitar. It's got nothing to do with that. And it's very often, I think, you know, may it may be that because of that sort of need for instant gratification, you know, um, maybe, you know, people sometimes don't understand that it's not a question of natural talent. It's a, it's a question of graft and, and work. I also think, you know, I you can understand it because all this just, just really important. You touched on it that I don't think a lot of people understand. I've been watching musicians for most of my life. Um, hmm. There's very few musicians who make it 
success make a successful career by themselves. Most of them yeah. play in a band or with a band, and most of them. This is a weird secret. A lot of people don't understand, but there's a guy at a mixing board, and uh, there's a guy on the side who's making the sound good, and there's a recording engineer in the studio. They all work together to make a final product, a song or an album or something like that. Most photographers, we were looked at as we lone people who are just out there doing it all by ourselves. So you guys, yeah. that musical background allows you to collaborate in a way that I don't think a lot of photographers actually understand. So that is just, you know, I can't work with other photographers the way you guys work together. After a while, they would drive me crazy because I have... yeah. 30 years of doing something a certain way that that's the way I do it. I'm always going to do it that way. I'll learn from other people. I'll listen to them, but I don't have that collaborative spirit. I don't have that collaborative background that I think is so key in music in mute. So key in music. It doesn't actually exist in a lot of other industries in the same way. Um, when I yeah. see a band on stage and they're firing on all you know cylinders, there's not a guitar player who's just doing the guitar bits. He's listening to what the other people are doing and he's trying to That's add right. to it as opposed to overpower it. And I, the two of you, the way you sound like you work together is way more like that than, you yes. know, what, mm -hmm. it's like yeah, a band, like, like literally like, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you take care of this. I take care of this. I watch what you're doing. I listen to what you're doing and I build on it as opposed to what I see a lot of times <laughs> is a bunch of photographers all trying to get the same shot or, I want to shoot the bride and groom or I want to shoot the CEO or, you know, and I'll take the big stuff and you take, so that's really kind of a cool thing to, to actually see and listen. And, um, since we're just audio, I'm actually looking at these guys on the screen and even the way, <laughs> even the way they're talking about it, like, even the way they switch between talking is, you know, collaborative. They, they figured this out. Um, I wish other photographers, maybe we should all start. No, it's, music it's, instruments. it's, yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting yeah. you said that because I've never actually thought about it this way, and it's absolutely true. It's I mean, it should be obvious actually. Yeah. But I yeah, never really yeah. thought about it this way. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Incidentally, there is, there, there is a lot of music in photography. I mean, so many photographers yeah. are frustrated musicians or ex-musicians. We we well. could make about eight bands out of all the guests that we've had. Oh, for sure. There's <laughs> that many musicians. And I, I tell you what, yeah. I mean, you know, the um, the our theme tune was that was an interesting thing because one of the first things we we try to figure out was you know uh, one of the first things that we thought we would have to have was would be some kind of theme tune for the camera shake podcast and so again you know it was like i think it was that same first weekend or something yeah. and we kind of went okay we need six seconds of music and i just went okay i'll just going to do that and i'll call you back in like 20 minutes and i'll send you a file so i basically just did you know i wrote in and recorded that theme tune in like 20 minutes send it to nick and that's we've been using the same thing six episodes later yeah exactly we're still the using the same, same thing yeah, yeah, exactly we've, we've got the same one that i yeah. i actually got it off um the youtube audio library it's oh, called oh, really Mar i think it's called marvin's theme or something <laughs> i just Ooh. i just wanted something rocky but i'm actually trying to get uh my brother my brother's got a band and i'm trying to get there's one of his songs i really love and i want the music as the as to be the new intro for the podcast oh, but nice. he can't he can't get me an audio only version of it at the moment mm. he's he's only got all the versions with the with the sound and the singing comes the in too design. early mm. so i need to try and work it out i'm gonna i'm gonna have to wrap it up because we're at a point in the evening where i know my son wants to go to bed and his <laughs> bedroom's next to my office but i wanted to finish with one question and it might sound a bit cheesy um now that you're kind of you know you're coming up to 100 episodes episode 100 
if you could have your ultimate perfect guest, that means... is there that now? Obviously, you've had me. You're going to have Alan. Yeah. Aside from us, is there anybody like realistically on your wish list that's because uh, one of the things I was going to say was. You know, you've been contacting photographers you don't know to get them on the podcast, mm -hmm. which is a skill in itself, because they can only say no. And I say, what the worst thing that can happen is, is say no. And, and and I've had people I'm friends with that I know I've worked with that have declined. So even even that happens. Do you have somebody like a name on a bit of paper that you both sort of thinking, God, I'd love to have that person on. I mean, That's other than achievable. other than when you're on, Alan, you know, yeah, it's all, yeah. been all, all downhill from uh, when, yeah, yeah. when Dave was on. Yeah, you know, there's no one, no one left after that. <clears throat> you know, from a we we haven't had very many um, video related um, people on because they're they're harder to find. Actually, mm. there there are fewer of them out there. Mm. Um, you photographers are everywhere. <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, but... penny, penny. <laughs> <laughs> it's one on every street corner. Yeah. But I, I, I would love someone to be somehow be able to get someone like Tarantino on to talk him through. Because one thing we have talked about um, many times and not really got around to delving too far out is to get, and actually you mentioned this a little bit earlier, um, getting guests on who are a, a bit more connected to the industry. You know, it might be your your makeup artists that are on set, yeah. for example. That, those type of people. Um you know, I live two minutes from Pinewood Studios, for mm -hmm. God's sake. Yeah. And uh, it's just there. You know, those people are on my doorstep every day. So there's no reason not to be able to get someone um, someone on. But, you know, it's those kind of big um, directors, producers I would love, love to spend an hour with and just pick their brains and have a chat with them. Um, I'm not sure we're going to get him, though. Mm. <laughs> but uh, that's the thing asked there was a there was a guest i really wanted to get on and i had a i had a direct connection to them um well i i had somebody who'd already worked with them and then all i said was i'm not going to ask you to get the person but could you tell me who i need to contact to get the person and it's terry cruz ah oh. Yes. All right. The reason being is the guy loves graphic design. And if you ever see him on video, he's got a bookshelf behind him with like design books that I've got. Like I can tell oh, he wow. knows his stuff. And it's his wife who's his agent. And uh, randomly, a, a guy in Scotland bought my book and contacted me and said, I just lost my job and I got this new job. And one of the things they've asked me to do is create this magazine for them. It's a health and fitness company. I, I found your book. I bought your book. And it, here's the first magazine I've done. I was blown away. It was amazing. He did such a good job going from nothing. And he, and he bought my book to help him. But the cover photo was Terry Crews. Hmm. And I was like, how did you get him? He said, well, it's kind of through the, the company that sort of own us, but we had to do the direct thing with him because he has to see it and approve the photo and everything. And mm. it all goes through his wife. So I followed his wife on Instagram. I follow him on Instagram. I've sent her two messages just saying, like, I do this little podcast. Graphic designer would love to have Terry on even for 15 minutes just to talk about his love of graphic design books or his I'm not gonna, abdominals I'm, yeah and just sit and flex his pecs i'm not going to give up on it mm. i'm gonna i'm not gonna make a pest of myself but i am gonna go back and go back and just see if i can slowly one day there might just be one day he'll say yes 
and that's that's who I'd like to get on yeah. because it's someone who I've tried to do. That'd be amazing. But fi- just find a route. Just mm. go on social media yeah. and find a route, and like, even just contact them on social media. There's no no harm in asking. Yeah. One Absolutely. day they might just go. Do you know what? Didn't yeah. we- didn't we talk about? Was it Brian Adams? We were talking yes, about yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. We tried Brian Adams. Yeah, I mean, flat me, no. <laughs> you know the uh, the the one person, the only person that's ever outright gotten back to us and said like, no, I don't want to come on, is uh, is is a guy called Brandon T. Brown. Um, he's a wildlife photographer based in Alberta, in Canada, and. You know, very early on in the show, I wanted to get him on the show because I had actually met him in Alberta, and um, and because my uncle had one of his amazing grizzly bear photographs, uh, you know, over his mm. over his bed, and, and it was an incredible photo. And I met him at a farmer's market, had a chat with him, found it really fascinating. His his photography is incredible, mind blowingly awesome. And I thought it'd be really interesting, you know, to have him on the show. And he just got back to me and said, "No, I'm really a more introverted kind of." person and i'd rather not if you don't mind so cool you know no problem at least he got back to us rather than you know the the people who you emailed you never hear back from um but but i kind of thought well okay so this is the only person who's ever outright refused to come on the show that'd be the person i'd hunt down (laughs) (laughs) till the end of days Mm -hmm. (laughs) that is my mission (laughs) you know yeah Um, you know other than that i think one of the most interesting people um that i think we you know, I'd like to have on the show is Pete Sousa, who used to be Barack Obama's. Yes. Um, and I spoke to him um, a while ago, and he basically said, he basically said, you know, he can't really talk about anything at this point, but, you know, to get back to him in a year's time, I'm guessing the seven-year thing is over then. Yeah. He can actually talk. Um, and so, you know, I kept it then. I said, yeah, I'll call you back in a year, man, for sure, you know. Definitely, yeah. We so asked them, um, we went to Adobe Max, and Albert Watson was on stage mm. and he was talking about personal projects and I just turned to Glenn and went we have to get him on the show and mm. it was like not gonna happen it's not gonna it's Albert Watson come on yeah. so anyway I did the thing I went through found out his son deals with all the stuff that he does contacted his son explained who we were said that we were at Adobe Max we were watching it and he was just like music to our ears and he said okay let's do it brilliant we've got albert watson yes (laughs) and then it was like i went back and said okay well obviously we're in the uk you're in new york what's the suitable time okay we can do this day we can do this time okay just to go through the equipment what we need to do uh no my dad's not really he doesn't do technology it'll have to be over the phone (laughs) and my (laughs) just a heart (laughs) fell out of my heart because it was like how am i gonna do this like being on a telephone is not conducive to a good podcast episode and what i'd hate to do is get him and it'd be a poor episode yeah so i went back to his son and said okay i actually would want this to be a really good episode and i don't think a telephone interview is going to is going to do anyone any favors mm. so he just said no totally understand in that case then when you're in New York next, just let us know and interview him in person. Awesome. Cool. I can't so when are you going? To New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that he'll remember the conversation mm. and that I can go. I don't think I'll get there this year. 
um, and this was 2019 this yeah, conversation yeah. early 2019 uh, he might change his mind he might not want to do it anymore but the fact that we got a yes mm. from albert watson it's like i have the respect for the fact that he said yeah but it just we couldn't make it work so he would be one i'd i'd like like to follow up and get mm. um and like there's some big design legends i'd love to go after and, and they're on my list i'm going to go after them. I mean, you know um, we but when we started at the very beginning we actually did we just rolled down on a piece of paper re- you know, we just wrote down lots of names under the under the headline. Wouldn't it be cool if? Yeah. And then it was like, you know, oh well, yeah, Dave Joe Clayton. McNally, Joel yeah. Grimes, you know, blah blah. <laughs> like, you know, wouldn't it be cool if blah blah blah? And then, and the weirdest thing for us really is that was he, Dave on that list. I can't remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That pretty was sure, when the list ran out. <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty sure actually probably yeah. And so you know, but the like the weirdest thing, really, the weirdest thing for us really is that you know. It, like we look back at the at, at the last ninety six episodes, and like I mean, the vast vast majority of those names we've actually had on the show, we would have never in a million years mm. thought that you know people like Aaron Nace or Joel Grimes or Joe yeah. McNally would even like consider coming on our show. Like, why would they? Like, we we were no like we are nobodies. You know, it's like you know, it's not like they have a particular reason. Yeah, um, you know, and I think. You know, ultimately, we've always been totally honest with our guests. And so when I first approached them, I tell them we're just a super small podcast. And that's the truth. You know, yeah. it's not, they're not making it out to be anything bigger than it is because it isn't. And, you know, but here's some examples of some of the shows that we've done. And, you know, have a listen. If you like it, it'd be super awesome. We'd like, you know, we'd be super thrilled to have you on the show. And that, that seems to work. Um, yeah. You know, our age has counted. I have to say, when, when I have gone after people, I make a very specific point of mentioning our age and mm-hmm. our industry and what we've done. So it's like, Alan, San Diego, this is body of work. He's an author, mm. you know, professional. I'm I'm 56. I've mm. written a book. I've done this. I've taught here. I, this is my background. Like, we, we're not fanboys. We're not going to ask silly questions. Mm. We're not going to waste time. We just want to chat. We're mm. genuinely interested in certain things about you mm. that, maybe you know, hopefully our questions you've you've not been asked before but it's like if we were sat in a pub with a with a beer around the table talking about our lives yeah. that's what that's the conversation we'd love to have with you mm. and it's worked so many times like one of them i went after austin cleon like why the hell, what right have i got to ask for austin cleon to be on turns mm. out he's the person in charge of getting him on podcast was this lovely lady who lived in norfolk <laughs> in the uk i sent a really lovely email to super nice like totally understand he's busy but he had a book coming out mm. so she's like wait till the book comes out i'll send you an advanced copy then it'll be on he came on he was dying with a cold he had like was couldn't even breathe was coughing and spluttering and we gave him an out and he's like no i've I've said i'll do it let's do it and mm. it, and he was brilliant he was so professional oh, wow. chase jarvis mm. i kind of had a connection with chase i went up to i walked up to him at adobe max introduced myself followed it up with an email mm. again his book came out he wanted to come on and talk about his book it was it was a good guest mm. you know he's you know when we, had, when we had joe mcnally on um we you know we we arranged a day in a time and then it just so happened that his um his mother-in-law passed away oh yeah oh. and so 
Yeah. You know, he basically kept, he got in touch with him. He was like, I'm so sorry, but, you know, I won't be able to do it, obviously, you know. Um, and then he gave us some options and he, he was like so eager to come on the show. He was giving us times of like 4 a.m. in the morning, yeah. his time. And we're like, yeah. well, we can't do that. I mean, we're not, I mean, you don't have to get up at 4 a.m. just to, <laughs> you know, we'll find something some, else. Some man who honors his commitments. I, and, I, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's amazing. Say, uh, Joe is um, one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. In yeah, any absolutely. Form, yeah. fashion, whatever. And I still remember um, sitting next to him at the first Photoshop world I taught at in the instructor area during the keynote and I'm sitting there and Joe McNally and Jamie Azell are sitting next to me. And I could not hmm. tell you what was happening on stage because in my head, all of that was going on was, oh my God, oh my God, I'm sitting next to Joe McNally. <laughs> like it, yeah. for an hour, that's literally all that went through my head. And, um, you know what I want to do one day? I want to put Joe McNally, Tommy Reynolds, and Dave Grohl in the same room, and it's going to be an explosion of niceness. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, for me in photography, there's Joe McNally, and then yeah. there's everybody else. Yeah, yeah. And I, sure. I've been really lucky enough. You know, Dave always says, you know, we want to have that conversation like it sounds like you're sitting in a, in a bar having a beer or, you know, over dinner. And I've actually mm. been out to dinner with Joe McNally and a local photographer here in San Diego who worked for the, the, the mm. newspaper, who was Joe's friend. And the three of us just sat around and had dinner and talked mainly about Brad Moore and the ex experiences <laughs> as his as Joe's assistant. Um, but it was one of those things where it was like, it was eye-opening because you realize that even the people who are at the top of this field or at the top of any field, they're actually just people. And yeah, some of the exactly. same crap you've gone through, I've gone through, like they went through that or they're going through that or weirdly yeah. enough, they still go through it sometimes and it made everything kind of like, yeah. you, like sometimes I look at other photos, I'm like, Oh my God, that's just like the perfect photo of whoever. Mm. Like, I wish I would have taken that. And then I realized, yeah, Oh yeah, but they've okay. also been doing this for 40 years and they've probably taken 3 million pictures and I've seen one. So yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of the, the thing oh, yeah. I always got from those guys. And, I think that's something that we've tried to do on this podcast a lot too, is to take off some of the um, mystique, the people we've talked to, just like real people. And we've been really lucky because mm -hmm. the interviews that I've been a part of, everyone has been like really down to earth and um, open and not, you know, mm -hmm. no, I'm great. I stand on the sidelines. I take three frames. Every one of them is a Sports Illustrated cover. I'm done. You know, that doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had no divas. Yeah. I don't, no. I don't recall anyone we've had no day we've only had one episode i don't think he ever listens to the show anymore we've i've only had one episode where um i didn't ever publish it because the guy on record was not the guy i met and right. it was a very very dull interview and i said to glenn we cannot put this out mm-hmm it, it just so we pretended we had audio issue, issues and yeah. that we'd lost the episode. So, so when we get an email yeah i tell you what it's hilarious actually sometimes you know we had um like sometimes when you, you know somebody because you've seen them so many times you know um whether it's like on like uh, on youtube or like in like lectures or on like creative live or whatever and you have a certain um certain idea of what they're like because that's the way they present themselves in a, in a professional manner you know yeah or in a professional in, in a professional circumstance and then you get them in the show and you realize they're actually totally different a uh, chris knight was that 
that was one of the most hilarious mm -hmm. um interviews because usually he's always like really properly dressed you know and oh he's like a school professor yeah but then we had him in a show during uh during a heat wave in new york and he was like wearing his like bermuda shorts and like little stringy stringy t-shirt sweating <laughs> Kate loved it. <laughs> it was freaking yeah. hilarious, man. It was so I, funny, and uh, you know he was like he was so cool. Um, and yeah. uh, I got you know, to work with Chris uh, yeah. at the um, what's it called? The photography show that Frank Dorhoff does in in Holland. Yes, okay. I yeah. know, I know. What you yeah, mean. and and um, I I'd been invited to speak, and Chris was there, and uh, I I bumped into Chris. I'd kind of crossed paths with Chris before, but never really spoke to him. Mm. Um, and then obviously at that time, I don't know if it's still the situation now, but obviously him and Lindsay Adler were a, a, a couple. Mm. So because I knew Lindsay, so it kind of helped getting to know Chris. And, and he was just so like, but my initial thing with, it, with him is he's not even going to talk to me. Mm. He looks very deep. Me, I'm not going to, uh, there's there's not going to be a conversation here. And mm. he turned out to be funny and engaging and we had a really good laugh and he mm. was just like so down to earth but i didn't really know him or his body of work mm. but you sort of like oh, he's, he's pretty cool and mm. you do get that and sometimes like there are people i'd love to have jay mazel on um yeah yeah <laughs> that would be a really interesting one but there are also mm. people i kind of respect and think i don't want to take up their time at this point in their life mm. where all they want to do is like relax and stuff but mm -hmm. um mm. listen episode 100 coming up you've got four more to go um i can't wait to see what you're gonna do special for episode 100 oh now you've said on, it we're on 168 i think now 167 168 but um i'd like to get to 200 hmm. and get back on like get back on it because we have had a bit of a break um but, it, you know, like you say, it is a dedication and hard work. But, like, mm. congratulations, guys, for getting where you are so far. And the <laughs> fact that much. you do video and you're still talking to each other. <laughs> 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 you're still friends, despite the massive age gap between you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but, like, like, thanks for being on the show. I mean, I could talk for another... This is the thing I hate about you two, is I could talk for another two hours. Well, yeah. And, we, and, we, and yeah. we still wouldn't cover it. So Why don't we just coming... do that? Why don't we continue this conversation on our show? Well, you've got to have Alan first. Oh yeah, yeah, we have Alan. Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. gonna get we're gonna get both of you back but on. And I've be also I've also got another idea. I'm gonna say it out loud so that so that we can hold me to it because it's unlikely Alan's gonna be in the country in September. It's very unlikely. <laughs> I'm <laughs> uh, I'm going to propose an idea now. Mm for september for the photography show right. that if they allow me to have the he shoots he draws slot i'm going to suggest we do a combo podcast live on stage oh 100 man definitely we, we will have a guest we'll get a guest from the show and the three of us will do a sit down po podcast live podcast conversation at the show oh yeah absolutely 100 love the idea be awesome so so uh, definitely i'm going to work on that one so um yeah but no listen guys thanks for your time um thanks for having us uh, it's early yeah, for alan but it's getting late here so i know my son's got to go to bed but <laughs> yeah. um yeah this is to be continued definitely Absolutely. like at the yeah. end of back to the future to be continued excellent <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah Terrific so podcast uh, will return <laughs> <laughs> just quickly where can everyone find you i will put it in the show notes but just say quickly where you want people to go and look at your 
so you can find us on all um you know good podcast platforms you know wherever awesome podcasts live so apple podcast spotify amazon the whole shebang this Google. isn't our podcast oh. you don't have to say it in the same <laughs> no way. no you can't but i want you to say it and of course if you you know if you still haven't had enough listening to our awesome dulcet sultry tones. dulcet tones and our sultry voices yeah. then you can see us in full technicolor over on youtube all you gotta do is go to youtube.com forward slash camera shake podcast and that's where we'll be in full technicolor yahoo and i strongly suggest you do go and subscribe to their podcast because oh yes please they do. are they are two of the nicest blokes, and and just thank you for being on, chaps. All right, thank you so much for Thanks having us, man. And uh, and we'll see you in person soon, hopefully. Absolutely, hundred percent. All right, see you next time.